Blank check with Griffin and David. Blank check with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Blank Check. Who wants a beard? Well, beatniks for one, folk singers and motorbike riders, you know, all those hip, jazzy, super cool, neat, keen, and groovy cats. It's in the fridge, daddy-o. Are you hip to the jive? Can you dig what I'm laying down? I knew that you could. Slide me some skin, soul podcast. Wow. Is that a good part of the movie? I think that's a funny part. You don't think that's funny? I think it's, it's, uh, it's uh, engrossing. Like, I'm interested that he's doing it. Here's another one. Oh, boy. Everything in this room is eatable. Even I'm eatable. But that is called cannibalism, my dear children, and is, in fact, frowned upon in most podcasts. Yeah, that, 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 one's, that, that moment's pretty funny. I think that's the funniest line in the movie. But oh, I, No, no, no. 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 What? The funniest moment in the movie is indisputable. Funniest line. Okay, well, it comes with a line. Okay. Which is when they're in the elevator... And he's like, this is like the doll treatment war. You know, like we're oh, all the... Recent, and right. he's like, that one's recent. <laughs> that is so good. When they're on the gummy Viking boat... The whole boat, movie should be that. Go yeah. on, yeah. When they're on the gummy Viking boat and they go past the door that says hair cream, mm-hmm. Missy Paul's like, what's that for? And he's like, for shine and volume. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's funny. This that, movie's got that, jokes! That shit's funny. The That shit's funny. This movie's got jokes! Sure. I just had forgotten how many jokes it has. It's... I mean, apart from that... All right. Introduce the movie, introduce the podcast, introduce the guests. Let's let's talk about it. Hello, everybody. My <laughs> name is Griffin Newman. I'm David Sims. This is Blank Check with Griffin and David and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> uh-huh. It's a podcast about filmographies, directors who have massive success early on in their career, given a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion projects they want. Yep. Sometimes those checks clear. Yep. Sometimes they bounce baby. And sometimes the directors just spend a decade readapting other people's properties. Yep, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, kind of the opposite of the blank check. Although this one feels like they really let him do whatever he wanted um, with yeah, this. Sure. Uh, but we'll get to that in a second. We're talking about the films of Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. Uh, this miniseries is called Podward Scissorcast. Yes. And we have a great guest today who has not spoken yet, so I'm not going to introduce them. I'm going to wait until they feel like they're compelled to butt in. Hi. Hey. hey, everybody. Pilot Virowitz here. Yeah. They're back. Uh, War Horse. When was War Horse? It's a while ago. So long ago. You've had people at uh, screenings uh, quote, uh, I want to fuck that horse <laughs> yeah. to you, right? Yeah, it's really uncomfortable. Because it's sans context. Yeah. You just go, hey, Pilot, want to fuck that horse? <laughs> right. And I think it was a screening for like a really sad movie too. Or right. right, it was like Son of Saul. <laughs> And someone came up to you and said, Pilot, want to fuck that horse, huh? Oh, boy. Uh, April 2017. A couple years ago. A couple hey, wow. Years ago. A couple wow. Years Too ago. long. Too long. Beginning of this miniseries, which started, uh, I don't know, 1987. Yeah. Yes, right. Yeah, during the Eisenhower administration. I threw out to you, are there any you'd want to talk about? Before we had really booked any of them, I, I wanted to make sure we got you on this miniseries. And you said, I, I'm a pretty big defender of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And I said, thank God. Because at this point in the miniseries, I'm really going to be working to like build defenses for these movies. David's going to be so tapped out. Right. That's not exactly how it's played, played, played out. No, I'm uh, tapped out. I, ben is fully I'll tapped out. I'll say this. Out. I feel pretty so done. worn out. By Burton? 
Yeah, just yeah. by like so exclusively existing in this realm for a long time. But this was your dream I to know. discuss Timothy I Burton. D- I don't dislike it, and I'm not saying that I uh, uh, regret it, but I do feel a little <laughs> tired. Sure. It's maybe like you eat too much candy and your tummy starts hurting. Well, at this point, we only have two more Burtons to do. And they're both kind of good ones. One of them we think is probably his best of this decade. Yes. And, and the, the other, other one, one is we at haven't least seen yet. interesting. Oh, no, no, no. We'll, if you're including the uh, Dumbo, that's three we have to do. What's the other one I'm forgetting? Um, uh, Big Eyes, I think. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay, so two right. two films. Right. Two, two, you're, his you're two more interesting, his two ones that aren't him taking some fucking property. At this property. time, we've yeah. been recording all out of order. We have left to do Sweeney and Big Eyes, and then Dumbo will come out. Right. Um, this, this is one of the ones that I feel like people hand wave. They just kind of go like, "Eh." Right. It's easy to hand wave because they go like, eh, "It's not the original," and the original is such a lightning in a bottle movie. See, I don't like the original. I don't like the original. I don't I think like that's it at why all. I like this one so much. So I'll say this: Pilot and I are aligned, or at least I was not like when this was coming it out. I wasn't. It wasn't like, a sacred text. The book was very right. sacred. And this I mean, is, I'd read it over and over again. This feels yes. a little more like the book than the original yeah. does. A like, that's more. why I like it, because I thought right. the original wasn't at all like the book. Like, it was kind of too happy and not right. creepy enough. I mean, this is very much filtered through the Tim Burton thing. It's not just a didactic adaptation of the Roald Dahl book. But this feels closer in tone to Roald Dahl than any other adaptation of his work I've seen. What are the other? Well, James and the Giant Peach is pretty good. It's pretty good. I'd put that number two. The BFG to... is okay. I'm yeah. sorry. You mean the BFG? <laughs> Uh, Come on, where's the BFG? What does he think of Charlie and the Jugga Factory? Bacon, waffles, chocolate, scrumptious, witches, fishes, waffles. Matilda? Matilda's kind of weird. Matilda's good. There are some good dolls. Uh, Witches is good. The Nicholas Rogue Witches movie that is so bizarre that it exists. Yeah, that one's weird. Oh, that movie frightened me as a child. Yeah, which now Robert Zemeckis, Bobby Z, is doing his weird. Don't do that. His like Southern Gothic. Yeah. uh, Netflix is doing a bunch of Roald Dahl. Are they? Yeah, I think they're doing it as like a series where like each episode is going to be a different Roald Dahl book or something. There are a lot that of those weird. good ones that you can't yep, really right. animate full length. Yeah. yeah, but like uh, the the Twitches is that what they were called? The, the Twits. The Twits. Are they adapting that? They should. But I the, always the, fucking love that. Meet. I really liked it. It was also short, so I yeah. could read it. But like that that one's kind of like horrifying. My they just hate each other. Well, all of them are horrifying. <laughs> well, but that yeah. one's like yes. pretty naked. Like yeah. it's not really a plot. They just are trying to kill each That's other. I think it was the funniest fucking thing when I was a kid. Did you read The Swan? Yes. Yeah, that was my favorite because it's so fucked up. I think I read the, all of them. I mean, the, I feel the like The Twits is in here, and, you know. All, the, all of us must have been Raw Doll kids, like big yeah, Raw Doll kids because we all have that sensibility and when you're a kid and you're reading children's books and you're like, Give me the thing that's got the anger I feel inside my my <laughs> child's stomach, you know? Give me the thing that has as, like, terrified a view of the world as I have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I yeah, I liked all the Roald Dahl movies growing up. And I was a big fan of The Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, or, or really, Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. But it's not a movie I place on, like, Mount Olympus. I do think it's he's, one of those He's things. a jerk. I well, could never get over it. He's so I, mean I in that, that movie. I love that performance. I think Gene Wilder's incredible in it. I love Gene Wilder. I think, Got no beef with Gene. I think this movie's more interesting because they do not for a second try to make him, like, uh, even slightly cute. Right. Because they just so fully own the fact that Willy Wonka's, like, a creep and an asshole. Yeah, I guess so. Which I feel like turned off a lot of people, and I think you watch it today, and it's, like, a pretty daring choice. Especially at a time when everyone still loved Johnny Depp. 
when he had not turned into Grindelwald. We can talk about this. I think he, they make him a creep. I don't think they make him an asshole. I think he's an asshole I mean, in this movie. He's kind of an asshole. Yeah. He's, he's not very nice, I suppose. He's an asshole. But there's but no it, nuance to the performance. I think it's there's so, a lot of nuance. No, I think it's <laughs> I just... we go. I think it's just this, like, cold, stiff, like, tired performance. Ben, are you into the Tim Burton movies? No! <laughs> okay. Can I'm done what, with him. Can I ask which is your favorite? Mm. Movie of Tim Burton's? Yeah. Beetle. Beetle. You like the juice. You like to drink some juice. Yeah. You know what? I need some juice right now. Okay. Ben is vaping. <laughs> Producer Ben is vaping. The Benducer is vaping. Oh, yeah. That's it. The Haas. Mr. Positive. Mr. Haas. I've been jeweling. Poet Laureate. Uh, now to a point where I don't critic, smoke cigarettes. Well, Tiebreaker. I want you to smoke. Fire Detective. Meat Lover. Kamish. The Booker. <laughs> Books. <laughs> Soaking Wet Benny, White Hot Benny, mm-hmm. Dirt Bike Benny. He's graduated to certain titles over the course of different maids, such as Kylo Ben, Producer Ben Kenobi, Ben I Chan Ben Sate, Say Ben, Benny Thing, dot, 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 Ailey Ben's with the dollar sign, uh, War Haas, Ben 19, The Fennel Maker, uh, Benglish, Mr. Bencredible, uh, Eat Drink Ben Hosley. Uh, am, I, am I forgetting any? Probably. Um, probably. What's the Nancy one? Oh, the Hosley Day. There you go. What's his Burton one? Who knows? Who can say? Yeah. But didn't someone then ha- uh wait, no, ha- Dumbo Hosbo. Hosbo. I'm trying to remember. I feel like bold. <laughs> calling it. I the one I like the most, and it's a little untraditional because it doesn't include your name in it. It's more describing you is Beetle Vape Juice. Ooh, yeah, that's it. That's a good one. Beetle Vape Juice. You gotta. That one is good, and it doesn't have Ben or Haas in it, which it is sort of like up. exactly. We need a little bit of variety because that's that's stretch where I go, Mister Incredible, right, right, Benglish. Like you drink Ben Hosley, very funny, but rule. his name's in it, right? <laughs> his whole name, right? I like Beetle Vape Juice. Mm-hmm. I'm calling my shot now. I think that's good. So, in the early '90s, Warner Brothers, who had purchased the rights to Willy Wonka from Paramount. In like the 70s and 80s, Warner Brothers started buying other companies' films for home video, which ended up being a really smart decision for them. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is Paramount, right? It they was did Paramount. the Wilder movie. Now, Paramount released it, but how did the movie get made? Mel Stewart, who was like a British TV film director, yeah. his daughter read the book, said, can you please make a movie out of this? Mm. And ask like Uncle George or whatever his name was, who was his producing partner. Mm-hmm. And he called up his producing partner. And the producing partner went, Ooh, good timing. I've been talking to Quaker Oats. I've got Quaker this chocolate Oats. factory on my hands. No, do you know what it was, truly? Oh boy. All right. He was talking to Quaker Oats, and Quaker Oats was like, we want to go into candy bars. Okay. And they pitched to Quaker Oats, if you put up $3 million, okay. Quaker Oats money. fully financed the movie. Okay. If you put up $3 million, this is the perfect opportunity to launch a candy bar. Oh, and so they, did they have like the Wonka brand? They bought it. Right. Okay. They bought the rights so that they could make the film and make the candy bar. Right. Uh, Quaker Oats fully funded and produced this film. Paramount got distribution rights, but it was a movie made by not a studio, but by a food company. That's bizarre. Very bizarre. Uh, and Roald Dahl hated it. Didn't like it. He wrote the script. They took it away from him. They rewrote it. They added songs that were not his songs. Because the book has songs. The book has songs. They're weird, but right. they're in it. He thought it was too treacly. And uh, the film does okay when it comes out, but it sort of grows and no, it grows doesn't and grows. do well, yeah. $4 Especially million. over home video, it becomes yes. a huge, huge thing. And cable TV replaying, and a lot of this is Warner's and, uh, you know, uh, 
uh, Ted Turner playing on TNT all the time, all these fucking things, right? This is one of those movies like uh, The Wizard of Oz, uh, like uh, Citizen Kane, uh, that Warner Brothers acquired over a period of time Mm -hmm. when Warner Brothers' home video library and TV library just became so fucking robust. So it's the early 90s, and and Willy Wonka has officially become like this like family classic movie that everyone loves, and it's like one of the most parodied things in pop culture. And it, like the Candyman and these songs, all that are shit, all, you know. and and the notion of the golden ticket. I mean, think about how many TV shows have done their Willy Wonka parody episode. Sure, the Thirty Rock one is yes. always like stuck in my head. Right, it's just like one of those things that's like in the tapestry. I feel like every two years there's a Willy Wonka sketch on SNL. We're saying there there's recently been two Grandpa Joe sketches without Willy Wonka, which is weird. The one that sticks in my head. This is Griffin's pop culture obsession. Is <laughs> SNL's they unconnected, do it. Charlie? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to figure out if these sketches take place in the same timeline. Because mm-hmm. they've had two Pete Davidson, Grandpa Joe mm-hmm. sketches, and they don't seem to shake hands with each other. <laughs> um, do you remember when Al Gore hosted, and they did this sketch that was Al Gore as like uh, uh, like Stephen Wonka, who was Willy Wonka's brotherhood to take care of the books for the chocolate factory? No, but that sounds like a perfect Al Gore sketch. It's, it was a perfect Al Gore sketch, right. and it was just Al Gore being Was like, that the one he hosted where he, the opening monologue is where he's president and everything is nice? Yes. Yeah, I've yeah. seen that. Yeah. Right, and then that was like the best sketch they had was him like in the wig and the suit and everything. Right. Being like, Wilbur, this is unsustainable. <laughs> we can't sure. have a chocolate river running all the time. Right, right, right. Really I, good I sketch. I see him, yeah. Yeah, he looks funny. He looks like Gene Wilder. Yeah. And that's a man who almost was president. <laughs> there he is. Yeah. So they try to reacquire the remake rights because I think they just had distribution in the original movie. Yes. And not the rights. Uh, so they go to the Doll Estate and the Doll Estate is like, we didn't like that last movie. Mm. We'll give you the rights, but condition on us signing off on the actor and the director. And so the movie's in development hell throughout the entirety of the 90s. And there are always these rumors coming out of whoever the biggest star is at the time. And usually the director they'd pair him up with was whoever had directed the most recent family comedy. Okay. They were always going like family movies. Gary Ross. Gary Ross. Tried uh, to make it with Nicolas Cage. Is that right? Uh, yes. Rob Minkoff, who Adam directed. Adam is the one that like destroyed me. Just thinking of him being Willy Wonka. They tried to he do would a, just yell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he would just be yelling. And I would love it so much. Yeah, that sounds good. Jim Carrey. Wait a second. Jim Carrey and Tom Shadiak. Right. I mean, Carrey does seem like it's almost crazy that didn't happen. They, that yeah. Warner Brothers was pushing for it really right. hard, and they were and not the Dallas State would yeah. not have it. Yeah, and they yeah, were yeah. like, "Here's Tom Shadiak. He just did Liar Liar." Right. He but did, they were like, "He's a hack. Like, fuck it." Right. No, they yeah. were like, "We want someone who's got an actual vision," and they kept on picking like whoever made a big comedy or whoever made a big family movie and pairing up with either. That moment's hottest dramatic star or comedic star. And packaging as an obvious kind of thing. Rob Minkoff is the guy who made Stuart Little, right? Right. And he had directed The Lion King. And then Stuart right, Little right. was his first real, right. Yeah, it's a real movie. Stuart Little is so action. good. Stuart Little fucks. Adorable. He fucks. Doesn't fuck. He does fuck. He has that car. He fucks. Wow. You don't remember that scene <laughs> where Stuart real... Little takes his car out and Mouse, then goes clubbing? Pussy magnet. Yeah. <laughs> his little car. And he fucks a couple people in the bathroom. <laughs> Isn't that movie like... 78 minutes long. It's like one of those. I think that's Stuart Little 2. Oh, really? Stuart Little 1 has a pretty robust narrative. <laughs> Stuart Little 2 is 77 minutes right. long. Thank you. I knew it. That's a perfect length for a movie. Stuart yeah. Little 1 is a, a whole 84 minutes long. Right. Robust. Right. <laughs> right. Stuart, do you like Stuart Little 2 more? Because that feels a little more like a pilot movie. I can't it remember anything about Stuart Little 2. It's a lot heavy on the boarding. James Woods is like an evil falcon. 
And it, the whole movie is like a story little hanging ten. He's like tubular. The poster's him with like a, a helmet, like catching some air. So it's like Stuart Little X Games? Yes, exactly. Yeah, okay, I'd probably love that. Yes. Mm-hmm. I should watch it. Yeah, it's, it's like one most of those extreme primate. One of those movies that only happened in like a one month win. You know what I mean? Right. Like everything that they were trying to appeal to about like is gone. Stuart almost immediately. Little was a hit. And then they were like, you know what else is a hit? Tony Hawk for N64. Exactly. It's just funny that he has a helmet where and they're like, that mouse better wear a helmet though because kids need to learn safety. Right. And he's doing the, what's the hand gesture called? The shocker? He's doing, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's doing, you know. Yeah, he's yeah, like yeah, the yeah. hanging 10. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, totally tubular. But these are the kind of uh, directors they want uh, and they never, ever get the doll estate approval. Sure. And I think, uh, you know, Brillstein Gray has been on this movie forever. Uh, at this point, Brolson Gray has become Plan B. So Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston are with Brad Gray trying sure. to develop this thing. And uh, Pirates of the Caribbean comes out, and it's 2003, humongous fucking hit. Yep. And suddenly they go like, "Oh, what about Tim Burton and Johnny Depp?" Right. Because now Johnny Depp is a viable leading man for a big blockbuster. Uh, his weirdness has been approved by the uh, the American public. It's cool. And Tim Burton had made most of his films at Warner Brothers. Mm. Now, I distinctly remember, because over the years you'd hear all these rumors, Mm -hmm. the weirdest one was that De Niro and Scorsese were going to do it, which they apparently considered it for a moment. Hey, you want my fucking chocolate or not? That would also be great. (laughs) The De Niro face throughout the entire movie. It's just casino, but... (laughs) I used to do that as one of my stand-up bits when I was 11. When I was 11 and I did stand-up for kids... That was my stand-up bit, was I would do my impression of uh, uh, Robert De Niro doing Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Please? I heard the word, you oompa loompa doopity doo. I mean, whatever the fuck I said. <laughs> this is like some Green Book bullshit. Would Joe Pesci play the, all the, like, yeah, the D.E. Broy style? Yeah, I probably style? did a Pesci voice. Right, right, yeah. I did a bit that was like weird remakes. I forget what the rest of them were. You remember every single word of that bit. I did a Sam Mendes E.T., which was just E.T. American Beauty. Which was really weird. That was sweaty. That sounds more than sweaty. That sounds like like malarial. <laughs> like it where it's like you you're like about to die. It was drenched. <laughs> you're right. It was flop sweat. <laughs> um but but uh I had always said like they should let Tim Burton and Giant Depp make it because sure. I was the weird Tim Burton Giant Depp kid. Right. So when they announced that they were doing it, uh my my dad my dad, like I remember like like held up the. It was like Dewey defeats Truman. It he was. like walks into your room with the paper. Right now he was walking out of school. Because of course it was kissing, front page news. Right, I was uh, dipping nurses in the street <laughs> and kissing them. How old did you been in two thousand three when this when this was, was announced, announced? I was fourteen, <coughs> but I've been saying I wanted this movie since I was eleven. <sighs> sure, you know I was like, here's the smart idea. Why don't they give it to the two weirdest guys in Hollywood? Whoa! Because if you're gonna make another uh, Chocolate Factory movie, it's gotta be twisted. So it felt very vindicating, and I was super hyped up for this movie, sure. and I liked it a lot. Sure, uh, but it is incredibly strange, and I feel yeah. like at the time. People who like uh, hold uh, the original as this sort of immaculate work were very against this movie. Gene yes. Wilder publicly was like, "This movie sucks." It was the money grubbing money grubbers. Uh, there's no reason to remake it. Right. I think it had two hits on it. One was yeah. like, "You just remade Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but now the lead has no charisma. So what's up with that?" And then two was the more like widespread, like this thing has so much CGI, like what's going on there? Which right, I, like that. I think that's the valid argument to yeah, make about this, this movie. This movie does not look great. 
I'm sorry uh, to the say. The CGI ages very poorly. The <sighs> sets look great. The sets are good. Anytime they're in a practical environment, it's so good. Yeah. The CGI looks really bad in this movie. Um, but uh, I it, it made a lot of money. Yeah. It was fairly well reviewed. Sure. But then I feel like it's now like had this sort of legacy of just like, uh, you know, like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but the original, not that Johnny Depp bullshit. I don't like either of them. I mean, that's not true. I like this one more than the, the Wilder one. The Wilder one's like, he's so mean. So what are your problems did- with the original? Pilot? I, Pilot, go ahead. I don't know. I don't like Gene Wilder in it that much. And I also just find most of it boring. And it's just like, I thought the book was super dark when sure. I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to have a super dark like adaptation. And that was not it. Aside from like the one tunnel scene, like everything else is just like bland right. to me. Right. Which I feel like people that's talk. That's true. People talk about that movie. as like, oh, that's one of those kids movies that's like actually fucked up because the tunnel scene is scary. You like s- it's the only scene. That's right? the only bit. Right. Yeah. And the rest that of bit's it. That good. Yeah. I mean, it is good. Yeah, I like that movie. I just nah. think this Willy Wonka makes more sense as a character. Neither is quite right to me, but sure. Um, I think this one's closer this aside one's closer. from the daddy issues. The daddy stuff, uh, we, yeah. we're going to talk about. I like the daddy stuff. Yeah, you like the daddy I'll stuff. I'll say this. A very weird movie to watch, and this was a mistake on my part. Yeah. The day after you watch all four hours of Leaving Netherland. Oh, boy. Uh, Not a good double feature. Yeah. Which well, I accidentally Even though did. Depp on the record and I literally like texted Pilot this week yeah. being like it's so weird that he's doing a Michael Jackson yeah. thing. And then Depp on the record was like I wasn't. Right. Yeah, I was doing I some other He says shit. It was, it's Anna Wintour meets Captain Kangaroo. Okay, like buddy. that was his yeah, defense. Whatever. Right. He's uh, doing Michael Jackson. I think not so. Exclusively. Even if, even if he's not trying to like he is kind of like any the paleness and yeah. the sort of weird I think hair. it's very subconscious for him. And yeah. then his big defense he would use is it's not like Michael Jackson at all because Michael Jackson loves kids and Willy Wonka my character hates kids. Great yeah. great defense. Right. <laughs> but then after Case closed. after watching uh Leaving Neverland you're like I wish Michael Jackson hated kids more. Oh my god. Uh, I, mean, I wish he hated them. Here's okay so the original the, the Wilder. Yeah. I don't like that he yells at them at the end. I just hate that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just think it sucks and it's stupid and it ruins like the whole movie for me. Interesting. I, Those kids suck. The final scene when he like yells at Charlie the in the whole office, like test, the fake out, you know. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. The I, other kids suck too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. except for Violet Beauregard who's right. a fucking legend and should have won. Like, Best clearly. actress? Sure. Or, or the competition. The competition. Oh, okay. the, she should win the competition. Well, she's a champion. She's Yeah, exactly. She's good. What does she do? She chews gum? Yeah. Like, and Doll's like, send her straight to hell. Hell. <laughs> That's where she goes. Blow her up. Yeah, exactly. She's too competitive. Okay. Isn't it a competition? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just you're right. like I I get his beef where it's like, you know, uh, Augustus is like a glutton, like, and sure. uh Veruca's spoiled and yeah. Mike TV. That's a, he's American. I guess is sort of the beef with Mike uh, TV. Well, Doll hated television. Right. Thing, Watches know. too much TV. And then the other idea is that he's like He's too violent minded. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, in yeah, the yeah. book, he's obsessed with gangster films. Sure. In the Gene Wilder film, it's westerns. Right. And in this, it's video games. But either way, he's constantly like, yeah, he's like pew, pew, pew. Right. Right. Um, fine. It's American to me. So it's sort of grinding an axe against Americans. Right. And then, uh, what is, yeah, Violet chews gum, which is a filthy habit, I guess. She's too driven. Yeah. yeah. Considering it's a Roald Dahl book, a little surprised that one of the kids isn't a Jew. Oh, God. I had to say it. You did not. He's an anti Semite. <laughs> 
He had some problems. The book has some problems. Well, Johnny Depp is a freaking creep. We should say that too. We yeah, said we it said so it many it times. Oh, I'm saying it again. You know how many times we have to bring that up? We'll <laughs> say it again. Yeah. He's what's he like? Two more movies after this one? Uh, okay. So hot takes in this episode. We're calling out Roald Dahl. Johnny no good. Depp, no good. Michael, Michael Jackson. Jackson. <laughs> Jackson. We this. don't like you. Willy Wonka, an asshole. Well, I call him out. So Willy Wonka just, taking a stance. I'm taking stances. Here's my thing on Wonka. Yeah. I don't like the dad thing. I know that's a regular opinion that lots of people yeah. have. I, I've never gotten that. I like the dad. He should be like an elemental creature that like you just don't understand. Like that's what I like about Willy Wonka where it's like he just doesn't make any sense. Nothing about him makes sense. I don't want him to have like parents who See, had like sex. I like <laughs> I like, to, like them, give birth to and be like yeah Willy Wonka that's his name. I like them doing the math on Wonka and being like this is yeah. why he's fucked up and this is how it manifests. I, I get that. Like such it. a prickly I'd rather like not know why he's fucked up. Well, I think the the thought I pointed a pilot the thought in is that's what they did in the Gene Wilder movie. So sure. why not do something different here? You've already Which, made the sort of I get and I get yeah. neither of you like the Wilder performance, but for a lot of people, they view that as this is the elemental. He's just sort of a magical force performance. I don't mind the Wilder performance. He's very arresting. The yeah. opening bit, it's great. It's a great bit where he's yeah. like got the cane. Great bit. Right. One of the better bits. Which he said... 10 his, out of 10 bit? His, like, he, his, oh, wasn't yeah. his whole pitch like, I want to do that? He pitched in that bit and he said, I'll do the movie if I can do this. Because from that moment on, you don't know whether the character's lying or telling the truth. Uh-huh. Now, I think, as you said, the problem with the performance, if you want to get technical about it, and what it does to the movie is, it then implies that he is a nice guy pretending to be an asshole. Right. Which is very weird. Right. That every time he's acting like an asshole, or it's he's a like, test. I know how I'll suss these children out. I'll be an asshole. Right. Why? Right, which which is also his system is bad. Well, it, Five tickets? Yeah, that's your sample size. You get four asshole kids and one kid who's boring. I mean, like he wins by default. Also, none of it like just getting a ticket doesn't prepare you to own a factory. <laughs> no, like I feel like there's a lot more training you need to go. Oh, this okay. is the algorithm. What if we're gonna talk what, about? What if the back of the ticket had instructions on how to own, own a factory no. in really tiny print? Listen, I got, I got, some, I got to sound off on Grandpa Joe. Okay, right, here okay, we go. here we go. Oh, whoa, oh, all uh, the hold sudden, hold on, hold on. I'm just gonna earmuff Pete, Pete Davidson quickly. Okay, go all on. of a sudden, somebody can dance. Mm-hmm. He's been sitting in bed getting getting cabbage soup fed to him. You know why? Ben's doing a sort of stripper dollar bill symbol for cabbage soup. As soon as that gold shines, somebody conveniently can dance. Yeah, because he's got a golden ticket. How do they go to the bathroom, too? What are they in the bed? What are you talking about? They probably have like uh, and the, and there, there are buckets yeah. under them. No, I therefore that's the why last they're the bucket family. That's why they're the bucket family. You guys are being ridiculous. There aren't buckets in the bed. They piss and shit on each other's legs. Oh, Jesus! That's what they do. Come on, let's not be silly here. <laughs> no jokes. They piss and shit in each other's legs. It is weird how hungry they are, but they live a long time. There is something good. That's that's the buckets have that going for them. Charlie should just walk in and jeans. be like. My grandpa is like a thousand years old. He yeah. only eats cabbage soup. And look at him. Yeah. He's fine. He you hasn't know? got out of bed right. for months. And right. now he's months, months, years, Days. Days. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. I like to think he's just faking. And like once everyone's sleeping, he just goes and like hangs out. Places. Yeah. yeah, he like goes to the bar. Yeah, I do like that. I mean, we'll get to it. But in the original, it's like, uh, what's his name? Jack Albertson? You mean the actor? Yeah. I don't fucking know. Yeah, that guy. It was like very wonderful. Gets up and does this like really like elegant musical number. Right. 
And then in this one, Grandpa gets up and does like a kind of disturbing dance. Yeah. Where he seems like he's possessed. Like, I like that in this, when the grandpa's health is better, all of them are kind of creeped out. Sure. Like, they're like, what the fuck is going on with grandpa? They're not charmed by it. No. This movie doesn't want to charm you. No, and casting Jack Kelly is a choice, too. Uh, David Kelly. David Kelly, sorry. Uh, Why do you think that's a choice? Because he's a very weird actor. Sure. Like, he's got an odd, offbeat energy. He seems not into it. Like, I don't mean the actor, but like Grandpa Joe. Yeah. He's just like not that into it. I mean, he's too old. He doesn't care about anything. The biggest That's thing how I want to be with when this I'm movie. Yeah. Like he's going to have a factory for like two days and then die. <laughs> Sorry. I, I feel like also with this movie, once they get into the chocolate factory, they're kind of less interested in Grandpa Joe and Charlie until the end of the movie. The original like checks in with them a lot. The original they're, is more about them being in the factory. Right. Whereas it's like always in, through their yeah. eyes. They constantly have these side conversations about like, yeah. isn't this amazing, Charlie? Yeah. Um, this one is very much more just like they're kind of just standing there. But a lot of things in this movie feel that way. But like where they're sort of like, now we have to do this bit. Let's do it. You right. know, like it's, it feels sometimes feels a little perfunctory. It does. Yeah. By not. And then Burton comes alive with the weird shit like Christopher leaves his dad and it's a dentist. Yeah. And then right. you're like, oh, he likes this. And I'm, but uh, do I like this? Look, the do movie's not totally cohesive, but <laughs> he does feel alive in this. I mean, he's making like exciting choices you feel like much this more so has, than like Alice this movie has comic energy next. to it yeah. you know in a way that Alice doesn't a way that uh, Dark Shadows can't sustain sure the Oompa Loompa backstory I really liked there's so much stuff it's, that's so, I think weird. Is it's really so weird but I kind of liked it I, yeah, I, liked I it thought too. it was just silly uh, yeah. to add to the like is it in the book I think it it's, is it's oh, it sort is of in the book it's yeah. a little different I mean they're yeah. always from like yeah uh, old not is canceled, you know, like darkest Africa. Like, right. you know, they're always like from a, a mysterious far off there's a, place. There's a lot of tribalism. Initially they were literally black in the book and right. someone pointed it out to Roltal that it was like so racist. Yeah. And he was like, it is racist. I'm going to change it. Yeah. <laughs> and like everyone was like, see, he changed it. It's like, okay. I'm glad he learned. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> he was never racist again. Exactly. So it's like, well, he did change it. Uh, okay. Yeah. But to make them like an identical pygmy species. Right. Where they're just, you know, whatever. Yeah. They're different. They're right. from far away. But I do like that scene. I like the backstory of like uh, Willy Wonka with the um, the chocolate palace. That was good. Yeah. Like, I like the way they sort of build up the character. I mean, they do a really good job of just, like, all those things not showing his face for the first, like, 30 or 40 minutes and building up the mythology of this guy. Because I'll say the original maybe, like, sells you harder on the magic of candy. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't discredit how effective that Candyman song is. Sure. And just, like, as a starting point being like, okay, I guess chocolate fucking rules, <laughs> you know, from the starting of the sure. movie. This movie, Doll's like, good at that, too, just in general. Yes. He really makes you want that fucking candy. I remember seeing this movie with my friend Daniel, and when they get to the factory, he just went like, wait, why does everyone care this much about candy? <laughs> like, the movie doesn't make as strong of a case for candy as it does for Willy Wonka as, like, this crazy mythic figure. Yeah. You know? It is weird that, yeah, like, what if, like, Nestle was like, come to the Nestle factory? I'd be like, no thanks. Like, why? What, 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 what am I going to see there? Right, right. <laughs> Right. It w- First of all, you think like it would just be a boring, sterile, right. like robot factory. plant. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I'm assuming the Nestle factory doesn't have like Oompa Loompas who sing when children basically die. <laughs> right. <laughs> they actually do have that. But it's, it's also. The one, they actually do. It's but also they, sterile they, and automated. Right. It's just boring. Little, like Amish people. 
<laughs> Amish people? Amish would be good if they were a bunch of Amish That would people. rule. What if Willy Wonka's backstory beards. was that he was like an beards. escaped Amish boy? Yeah. <laughs> And That's like, so much better than exactly. just like an angry dentist dad. He'd yeah. been like, I want to be both an industrialist and a chocolatier. And they're like, those are not Amish things. <laughs> We're not into those things. Well, that was one of the cleanest ad reads we've had to <laughs> right? I'm fucking dead. Fucking dead. All right. I, you know what Charlie I love about that Dan Candyman guy? Yeah. It's so easy to get on the same page as him. <laughs> I feel like he walks in and everyone immediately gets what's going on. Yeah. 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 Uh, so anyway. Well, we were talking about um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Right, right, right. Well, let's let's start at the beginning of this movie. Sure. I think the first thirty minutes of this movie are perfect. I think all the Charlie Bucket family stuff in this movie is perfect. Pilot, can you weigh on on this? I love Freddie Highmore. Freddie Highmore rules. The yes. good doctor he's a good himself. Doctor. He's a good doctor. He's such a good doctor. And I'll say this: he's a really good kid. Can I tell you my favorite Good Doctor episode? What? It's a two-parter. Have first. you watched every episode? No. I've watched the most premise of, the first of the good season. doctor is that he's a good doctor. Yes. Is there anything else going on there? Um, sometimes he's a great doctor. Yeah, but mostly he's a good doctor. But that, that's well, only during sweeps yeah. weeks. <laughs> sweeps weeks, he becomes great. In the first part of this episode, they're conjoined twins that they okay. separate, and in the second part, they put them back together, and that's the show. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Can, can I ask? Like they get separated, and they're like, "What the fuck?" Oh, I think like one was gonna die if they didn't like okay. att- reattach. How yeah. old are they? I have no idea. Are they like infants or are they played no, by no, like they're, speaking No, they're probably act? like 20s, 30s. Okay. Yeah. Kind of like, uh, you know, uh, Stuck on You from Academy Award winner Peter Farrelly. <laughs> exactly, like Stuck on You. <laughs> Two-time Academy Award winner. You know what's a game I've been playing recently to myself? Watching Green Book just every day. Yeah, well, I, I constantly, I can't stop opening the book. Mm-hmm. Um, no, here's a game I'm playing, and I, I'd be curious to see where the two of you weigh in on this. Uh, where do you rank Green Book in the Farrelly canon? Because I think it's probably the seventh best movie Peter Farrelly has made. And I only really like three Peter Farrelly movies. All right. So here's Wait, did we... they do Shallow Hell? Yes. Okay, so it's definitely below that. That's the only movie I can think of right now. Here's some Farrelly's. You got Dumb and Dumber. Mm-hmm. You got okay. Kingpin. Mm-hmm. Good one. You got There's Something About Mary. Great so far, one. all these are over Green right. Book. For me. All three. Those are my top three. You got Me, Myself, and Irene. That one's going over Green Book. I put above Green Book. Uh, you got Osmosis Jones. Now, they only did the live action, which is the worst part of that movie. Bill Murray Osmosis farting. Jones is so good, though. Yeah. The animated sections, which I believe the Farrelly's had very little involvement little with, oversight. are fantastic. Yeah. I still put it above Green Book, but we Correct. can disqualify it if we want. <laughs> that was a very big substitute teacher movie in my Really? Because it's yeah. sort of like vaguely yeah. science yeah, right. It's like educational-esque. Yeah. It was that and uh, the Decalogue. <laughs> I forgot you went what to Catholic grade school. were you? That's <laughs> high school. Either that you were too old to be watching Osmosis Jones, or too young to be watching the Decalogue. No. Uh, I just love that the pitch of Osmosis Jones is like, what if a, a white blood cell and a cold pill, a yeah. cold medicine pill, were like buddy cops? Like that's the pitch. Yeah, it's a great pitch. It's a good pitch. My dad and I were amped for that movie. I, I remember when so they announced amped. it. We yeah. were like, first of all, Osmosis Jones is a great. Name for yes. a movie. It's a good name for a movie. I think it has that bit where it's like, you want osmosis? You've got osmosis. And they're right. like, this is this is the killer moment. And also the it's fact that they were like, we're making like a mismatched buddy cop movie, except instead of the divide being racial, the divide is one guy <laughs> one is, is artificial <laughs> and one is blood. <laughs> and uh, they're fighting the flu. <laughs> right. Lawrence Fishburne plays like a new virus yes. in the movie. Yes. 
Um, this is all true. The other pitch on that movie is incredible, which is here's the pitch for the movie. It takes place inside Bill Murray. Right, right. They were like, you like Bill Murray? Huge movie star? And they're like, yeah, and he's also, the lead. He's like a zookeeper or something? He's a zookeeper, <laughs> and he gets sick because he eats a hot dog that falls in the gorilla cage. I believe that's... Do they explain why he does that? Because he he's sucks. such a slob. <laughs> he takes a bite of the hot dog, and then it falls into the cage, and it gets all the gorilla germs on it. And his daughter's like, don't, daddy. And he's like, oh, come on, honey. It's still good. Five-second rule. Then he eats it. And then you see, like, Lawrence Fishburne tear out of... Right. And you mostly, I think, just see, when you're cutting to him, just him going like, ugh, yeah. feels so good. Right. Like, he I mean, a lot. Yeah, right. He's got sort of a weird love subplot with Molly Shannon, who plays his daughter's teacher. Chris Elliott plays his even grosser friend. Wow. You remember this better than I do. Yeah. I only remember the cartoon parts. This movie rules. I was so in favor of doing a Fairly Brothers series someday until Green until Book Green happened. Book. I was like, I'd love to talk about we the could bad exclude it. Fairly Brother comedies. We could be like because brothers only. Brothers only. But yeah. then you also have to exclude Dumb and Dumber, which is technically only credited to Peter. Oh, what about the sequel? Interesting. Uh, no, that's both. All right, so we got Shallow How, which I have never seen. It okay. is so bad, and I love it. <laughs> I rank it below Green Book, but maybe is the only one I would rank below Green Book. I We've saw got, that in like a on like a junior high date or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's Did you like, make out. No. Okay. It's like a trash cinema masterpiece. I mean, it's one of those like confounding movies. Um, Jason Alexander's great in it. He's got a tail on it. He's got like a vestigial, a vestigial <laughs> There's tail. Stuck on you, as you know, we were What's uh, that talking about. about uh, oh, conjoined twins. Yeah. yeah. Uh, definitely above Green Book. Yeah. Yeah. Unquestionably. In it. Yeah. Frankie Muniz is in it. All Meryl Streep is in it. Meryl Streep has several scenes in that movie. There's Fever Pitch, which I have not seen because definitely it above Green Book. Right. Uh, there's the Heartbreak Kid, which I have not seen. James used to watch, uh, my brother James used to watch Fear Pitch so much on cable. And we'd be like, you love this movie. He's like, yeah, I don't love it. It's just like on TV. So I'm just like watching it. But anytime we walked in the room, he'd be watching Fear Pitch. So one year for James's birthday, maybe his 13th birthday, four separate members of our family bought him Fever Pitch independently. Because we were like, well, you know, we should get him his Fever Pitch. He loves it. No one talked about it with anyone else. He never opened one copy. He was like, I don't, I don't like it that much. I wouldn't watch it. I'm not like going to go through the effort of like taking it out of the DVD case. Wow. So our family owns four copies of Fever Pitch on DVD. We should put them in like the front hall. Yeah. Like framed. All four copies. That's the vestibule. Other. Yeah. Um, the Heartbreak Kid, I haven't seen. Hall Pass, haven't seen. I rank Hall Pass above. I maybe rank Heartbreak Hall Pass Kid is Owen below. Wilson and yeah. Sudeikis? Sudeikis. Trying to fuck? Hall Pass is fine. Jenna Fisher. It's got some good stuff in it. Richard, uh, Richard Jenkins giving an Academy Award worthy performance in the when, film as a pickup artist. He? When doesn't he? He plays an old creepy pickup artist. He plays artist. like mystery but old? Yes. Um, He's the, phenomenal. The Three Stooges. Never forget. I haven't seen that. I do not like that movie. <laughs> I've never seen that. Some people stand for it. Uh, the middle section. Do you know the movie's separated into like three shorts uh-huh. with their own like title cards? Okay. And for one each of, of the stages? No. It's just like three episodes They're of just the like Stooges. three Stooges films are always 30 minutes long so, so let's just right. make it three 30 minute films. Uh-huh. But they're three different narratives. They don't focus on one or the other stooge uh, more. Uh, the middle one is uh, Mo is in the Jersey Shore, and it's Mo with like, uh, Snooky and the situation. Snooki? And your friend, my friend Nicole's is uh... is all of them are in it, wow. playing themselves. It's just they do another season of the Jersey Shore. That's like Stuart Little too. Where like there's only a month where that's the idea, no. right? They've been trying. Jersey to... Shore is still popular. Jersey Shore is still popular, but where the studio is like. We should cross this movie over yeah. with Jersey Shore. I mean, if I knew about that, I would have watched. You would, it. Yeah. I can't believe I'm going to go seen. watch. We have like pilots already renting it on your phone. <laughs> uh, 
the the villain of that film is also uh, Stephen Collins. Uh, noted yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, child abuser. Person. All right, we're canceling um, him too. Yeah, he's canceled. Hot takes. Um, uh, we don't like him. But um, uh, the the Jersey Shore section, they announced that movie in like 2003. The Fairly Brothers were like, here's our blank check project. We yeah, always yeah. want to make a it three It was going to be movie. Carrie and uh, the other So one. it went through every single reality show like Boone right. where they would rewrite the script every year and be like, I guess Mo has to be on Survivor Island now. Right. I guess Mo has to be on American Idol. I guess Mo has to do the real world. And, like, the wheel landed on right. Jersey Shore when right. they got the pickup. But by the time it came out, like, they had sort of stopped doing Jersey Shore. Right. Uh, weird movie. Rank it below Green Book. Everything else I pretty much put above What about Green Dumb and Dumber 2? Maybe below Green Book. Dumb and yeah. Dumber is not good. Or, no, it's called it's Dumb and Dumber, Dumber 2. 2. There's also right. Dumb and Dumber. When Harry but Met that's, Lloyd. That's a prequel that they are not involved But in. that film was better than Green Book. <laughs> cool. That's, that's been our official Green Book ranking. That's a Troy Miller joint. Right. Uh, who used to direct all the MTV Movie Award sketches? And yeah, and he, he did a lot of stand-up. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, Charlie he also directed Bucket's Jack Frost. House. Oh, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about this first thirty uh, minutes. Charlie Bucket's House Jesus is Christ. a great design. I like right? how it looks all melty like a candle. I do too. Freddie right. Highmore, good doctor, great kid. Yeah. Here's the thing about Freddie Highmore. What he had been in, he's in uh, what's it called? Finding Neverland. Neverland. Finding Neverland. The year before, they couldn't find Charlie, and Johnny Depp was like, "I just worked. I with just this worked kid, with this kid." And they right. And I remember him in this movie and yeah. in that movie where yeah. he's the cute kid. Right. And then I stopped thinking about Freddie Highmore for a while, mm-hmm. and then he came back as Norman as Bates. Norman yep. Bates. Yeah. And I watched some of that show mm-hmm. because it was so fucking weird. Uh huh. And he successfully, fully. Became like a creep to me. Sure, you know, or like it wasn't a thing where I'm like, God, he used to be a child actor. How weird! Like if I see Haley Joel Osment, I cannot not think about him in other movies. Of course, uh, with Freddie Highmore, banished the other movies. When I turned this on, I forgot it was Freddie Highmore, and I was like, ah, Bates, he's here, Bates. I think it's also because of the accent. He doesn't have the accent, right? Bates, yeah, so. right. But he's a good doctor now. I haven't seen He's the America's good biggest TV star. I know it's weird. it makes no sense. It's weird, and also the poster is literally just like him His in like face. a doctor's jacket. What if a what doctor do was good? What do they wear? Lab coat. coat. Yeah, <laughs> a doctor's jacket. A doctor's jacket. <laughs> oh my god, I'm losing my mind. Ben, you should wear doctor's jackets into your uh, fashion line. So um, that's a great. But idea. call them doctor's jackets. I, here's yeah. one question. I know this yeah. is like rolled doll world, but yeah. like they're English. Yeah, they're very English. Yes, Helena yeah. and Noah are English. Yes. But do they live in America. No. They're talking about it's dollars. supposed to be like not like either or. Sure, like it's the just cars sort of like, are in the middle of the road instead of picking one side. No, but the, I mean, oh. the, their money looks European. I guess so. It certainly doesn't look American. But they, when he gets the ticket, they're like, "I'll give you fifty dollars for that," yeah. you know. And the other person's like, "I'll give you five hundred dollars." But for when that. you see the actual money notes, I think that it's was got like a queen. I'm on not it. really yeah. objecting. I just sort of. I think they're all supposed to be British because sure. I mean, the original they're all American. You seem like you're really nitpicky about this, David. For some <laughs> reason, I don't know why. Shut up. Um, oh, you're trying to do that? Okay. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, I saw why this in England where I lived. What? Huh? In 2005. Did I you know there. this pilot? I had no idea. Wait, tell I'm, me more. Did you win like a golden ticket where you got to live oh, in a queen's yes, house that, for a little while? Was. But it was just yes, for a little while. They were yes. testing out if you got to take over the palace, and then you lost because you were a bad egg. That would be a good movie. <laughs> the queen's like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Who shall be the next ruler? I'm living five golden 
tea bags. The first five to find them will be the first to walk into Buckingham Palace in over 50 years. And she does a bit where she like is old, but then it turns out she's young. Yeah. Um. You know, I lived in England. I was. I've been living in England for. Ten years. So you, when you saw this, how much sort of national pride was there in this movie? There was definitely a lot of interest, but I think it was more just the general kind of like Johnny Depp is in a movie interest, like right because Johnny Depp was just such a big deal at that point, right? Because he was he does play a lot of English people because he played J M Barry the year before, right? He's Irish in that. He's got an Irish accent. What a weird movie! Horrible movie. Weird how everyone very Michael Jacksony too. Where he's like, I love you, children. Yes. That was a movie that, for some reason, my dad gave me a bootleg of that he sent for my back. <laughs> it was a very strange time. Your, your father was serving overseas. Yep. He Set bought me. Finding Neverland in Census. Yep. That's incredible. Scottish. He was Scottish. Okay, I just remember him having a bit of a He brogue. has a bit of a brogue. Anything's sure. possible if you just imagine, Peter. Oh God, that movie's so boring. He's and it's like very the classic, sleepy like, in that movie. And, the class, and he got an Oscar nomination. Yep. But the, um, the, the lady is just like, ah. Like coughs into a handkerchief and it's like she's dead. Yeah, <laughs> thirty minutes from now she is dead. That lady being an insanely overqualified Kate, Kate Winslet. Winslet doing nothing. Right? Was she nominated for an Oscar? She was not, which was weird. She got nominated for lead for uh, Eternal Sunshine was that same. Year. Oh right, right. But that was one of those years where like yeah, Johnny Depp got in and like Paul Giamatti didn't. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. You're you're correct. Which I don't even like Sideways, but like you don't not nominate Paul Giamatti for Sideways if you like Sideways. You know who'd be a good Willy Wonka? Paul Giamatti. Giamatti. That'd be good. He does scowl yeah. a lot. Yeah, exactly. And he's worked with Burton. Yeah. Paul Giamatti in the orangutan makeup from Planet of the Apes <laughs> as Willy Wonka. Limbo. With no explanation. <laughs> I can't. But right if he's just like, yeah, I mean, this factor is stressful. One of you kids take it. I don't know. I, it's kind of surprising that Giamatti and Burton haven't worked together again. He seems like someone who would become one of Burton's guys. Like in the way that he just like clearly is all in a Missy Pile at this point. Right. Well, a good thing to be all in on. Missy Paul's about great, rules. Yeah. yeah. When she she wants to date Willy Wonka. Yes. Right? That's sort of like a very quiet subplot. I would watch that rom-com. <laughs> right. Like yeah. Wonka right. and, uh, and Missy Mrs. Pyle. Beauregard. <laughs> yeah. No, she would play herself. She would play herself. Yeah. Of course. Uh, um, yeah. Okay. The beginning is cute. You think it's perfect? I don't I know what to perfect. say to this. I think it's perfect. I think it's like perfect, like, like sort of fairy tale like sort of it's it's equally parts kind of like whimsical and sad I, sure i sure. i think in the gene wilder version it's a little too like lifted in this i actually like i feel the struggle of the family Helen i feel like carter and noah taylor are overqualified as well and they're good and they're really know. good they're and, sad and i like the thing that this movie is doing from the get-go which feels very raw doll to me is like going down these corridors of like his father at the toothpaste factory, yeah. Grandpa Joe when he was younger. Like, Roald Dahl will go into little side tangents with Loves great it. detail. Loves it. And so from the moment that's happening in the movie, I'm like, this feels like a Roald Dahl book more than the Gene Wilder film does. This has the structure and the flow of, like, that. The the Chocolate Palace, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Of just, like, these are, like, a lot of detours to be making early on. But they're building the world out well. You're getting the sense of Wonka as this like mythical figure who no one right. can get their head around. Yeah. It's not that he's beloved, which I like, but they're just like, who the fuck he's is weird. this guy? Sure. What's his deal? He behaves in a weird way. And why haven't we seen him in so long? Have you seen anyone go in or out of that factory your entire life? What happened? Who works there? Right. 
like all these sort of mysteries surrounding it. And I like the the Noah Taylor, like Helen Bonham Carter stuff is just like they're they're trying really hard to give this kid a good childhood. Like they're not sad sack. Couple of flaws. What? One, four grandparents in your living room sleeping in a bed, pooping and peeing, apparently. A tiny bit depressing. That that they should maybe address. And a large bit stinky. <laughs> too too much cabbage. Too much cabbage. Heavy on the Can cabbage. Can you imagine oh, just the, the farts and the farts? <laughs> I've also never had cabbage. I've never had cabbage. What? Wait, Gross. I mean, I pilot not surprising at all. You've never had cabbage either? No, there's so many things I've never eaten. Interesting. But like, I feel like cabbage are often sort of like, you know, they'll sneak it into a salad. Coleslaw is cabbage. You don't sauerkraut? Oh, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, that's cabbage. It's, okay. cabbage. Well, it's like pickled cabbage. Okay. Never mind. All right. You yeah. like sauerkraut? I like sauerkraut. Your sauerkraut crop, on a dog with some mustard? Yeah, I like Ooh, that. Baby. Yeah. Okay. I've never had like cabbage though. You've never taken a whole cabbage <laughs> and <laughs> gone to it. <laughs> I have cracked into a cabbage. I love cabbage. It's good. Roast it. It's good oh, roast it. Oh yeah, like uh, some purple cabbage. Yeah, it's not so great if you like steam it. You know, it'd be a little sad. Maybe you should get in that it. bed with them, farting right. and pooping and sure. eating your cabbage soup. That sounds fine. I it love does, bed. Love to be in bed. It's, I mean, it's nice that they at least are able to buy cabbage. They're not eating like stone soup. Do you remember like in old like kids books when you read about people making stone soup? Yeah. Sounds great. Some boiling stones and hoping there's flavor on them. <laughs> so I Maybe think the saddest concept. The, the ticket history. stuff is fine. I, I, I guess it's just to me, I'm like, you got to do the ticket stuff now and they do the ticket stuff. See, this is where I think they excel. I think they pulled this off better. I think all the vignettes of the kids being introduced one by one are yeah, so I like funny. Those a lot. They're good kids. They're good kids. And I, I mean, think, they're bad kids, but like they are well They're acted. good characters. Yeah. yeah. I, I they're think good they're good characters. characters and he owns into, he leans into what's weird about them immediately. Like he identifies a fun comedic game sure. and style. And you're getting so much good characterization here of just like the bit of uh, uh, Vruka Salt walking up to her parents with the ticket with no appreciation. Right. Just like, I want a pony as well. Right. Like the business as usual. Augustus can't stop eating chocolate even when he's trying to yeah, like. He's pretty, he's pretty cool, actually. Augustus is kind of a cool guy. Yes. I would have given a factory to Augustus. Exactly. He likes he chocolate a lot. He yeah. seems like way more into it than Charlie. Right. Yeah. And his mom is kind of nice. Like she has like a normal reaction. And, her, her son and his drowning. dad is cool. He's a sausage man. <laughs> <laughs> the cut to the dad is so well timed. <laughs> um, and then Violet, who I love, yeah. is played by young Carrie from the yeah. Carrie Diaries, right? Well, young, young Carrie. Yeah, Wait, young, young now, Carrie. Can I tell you my favorite thing about the Carrie Diaries? Please. Uh, in the pilot episode, one girl is describing losing her virginity, mm -hmm. and she says it was like shoving a hot dog through a keyhole. Uh -huh. And I have thought about that <laughs> weekly since, and it is so upsetting. Uh, that I, show's on the, uh, the CW. Yep. <laughs> I auditioned for that show mm -hmm. and I had to uh, be in the scene where someone says that line of dialogue for my audition. I have never watched the show <laughs> sure. and that You've line has rang in my head for six years. I forgot I it. it was from that until just now because I think about that all the time. Hot dog through a keyhole. It's such a terrible image. Putting the sleeping bag back in the case. Well, you know what's gross about that image? But That's also, is it a raw hot dog or a cooked hot dog? Either way. Either way, well, I think be it's much raw. Worse. Yeah, I think it's raw. I I feel like I've heard when people try to talk about bad sex, them using the analogy of like it was like trying to put wet spaghetti through a keyhole. That's like if you're you're soft. Right. Hims, 
Hims. Back to Hims. <laughs> no, but that one makes sense to me. And the hot dog through a keyhole is just like that. Just it sounds, sounds like, like it would just rip the hot dog yeah, into shreds. That's what I was saying. Like, I get, it makes me think of a Jenna Dentata. Right. Right. I, I get a visceral revulsion because I just immediately it's sort of picture because like the human anatomy is sliced. not key-like. It's not no. made of metal. It no. sort of moves and shifts. Right. Not to not to break this line down more, <laughs> but I think it deserves it. I guess the implication is that the peen was too big, right? I guess. But things it are a little violent. You know. Hot dog through a keyhole. Well, smash. <laughs> smash a no, hot dog. No, this wasn't dog on through. Smash. This wasn't a line on Smash. Oh, fuck. Right. I forgot. I thought that, that was from my Carrie Smash Day. audition. <laughs> Didn't you do like 18 million Smash auditions? I did. They almost cast me on Smash after they had started filming Smash. It, it, smash, a famously well-run TV show that had no problems. Right. They they were maybe going to restart the show, <laughs> and I was going to play Deborah Messing's part. Uh, yeah, you were going to be, you, you had all your scarves. What if the scarves could talk? Griffin, can you jump around Deborah Messing's neck and do this read for us? <laughs> all right. Keep talking about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I just think all this stuff is, is it's good. It's fun. And, it's and it's got it's got a light touch. It sure. feels sort of magical without feeling like Ben's just shaking his saccharine. head. Saccharin. I guess so. And I think there are a couple really good moments of Charlie characterization. I mean, Freddie Highmore is so preternaturally talented. He's cute. He's just Charlie has always bothered me because he's has no personality, except that he's nice. Okay. Because he has the thing where they're like, We bought you a, a chocolate bar. Yeah. And he's like, No, you should use the money to do what I pay the rent. Okay, you maybe, saying it that way. Maybe some shingles on this house. <laughs> Makes it seem, sound <laughs> shitty. Sure. The Warner Brothers apparently pushed Burton really hard that they wanted Charlie to be some kind of savant or whiz kid. Really? Like the a Mercury big, Rising situation? Yeah. Here are the two big notes that Warner Brothers had. Them just applying like modern studio notes to a story that everyone loves exactly the way it is. Sure, right? right. They were like, first of all, Charlie shouldn't have a dad because the movie should be about... Willy Wonka father becoming issues. his father figure. You mean kind of like a Harry Potter, like the classic sort of, yeah, the kid. Right. They want Willy Wonka to adopt him at the end of the movie and be like, you're the father I never had. So there are notes where we want more daddy issues. Right. Right, right. We've only got one layer. Let's we want to resolve move in a second the daddy layer. issues. We're going to make this guy a creep and he's going to adopt a child. Well, I think at that point, <laughs> Warner Bros. was like, and of course he won't be a creep, right? Johnny Depp won't be playing him like Michael Jackson. He'll be a nice, normal person. Sure. And he'll become a nice dad at the end. Like, I think they wanted like, Liar, liar mode Jim Carrey at the end to be like, maybe I should focus more on family. Right. I think I would have liked it if Willy Wonka broke up his parents' marriage and then became his dad. That would be good. If that would Willy be a Wonka, much if, if Noah Taylor walked in there instead of the grandpa, Willy Wonka's like, I'm going to cuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Willy Wonka, the cuck factory. <laughs> you like my chocolate? Try my cuckolate. I was just, I, I know that word has been co-opted by maniacs on the yeah. internet. And not that it was a word before, that it was invented by maniacs on the internet who are bad. But what movie did I just see where someone got cheated on? And I was like, this guy only gets cheated on in movies. I have to think about this. Uh, uh, two notes. Uh, one, I find it funny that it's been co-opted by maniacs on the internet because all those maniacs are, by by using the casual term. It's, it's Jason Clark, a.k.a. Oh, Jason Clark. constantly gets cut. Yes, right. Yeah. <laughs> Serenity and then the aftermath. Great Gatsby. Yes, Gatsby. The original yes. cucking. <laughs> the great cucking. I don't know. <laughs> Shut up. Tom Buchanan, the original cuck. That's what that book said. That's the pull quote, on, right? From Richard As Lawson. Scott Fitzgerald's notes was like, this guy is a beta male. Gatsby is a total alpha. Wow, we're getting very literary on the episode today. I was going Based to say. 
I like it. The maniacs who have co-opted cuck, which is such a casual, like friendly nickname term for cuckolding Mm -hmm. are also like, you're such a fucking cuck, which is a gross thing. It's certainly not something I watch videos of all the time. Oh God. Is that a thing? Well, no. Porn thing. Yes. Okay. That's when it went to cuck is like, cause they were like cuck porn. And then all those guys started watching cuck porn and then dissing people are being like, let's, you're let's, a cuck. Let's get out of this. No, skin. let's go deeper. <laughs> I'm driving. I'm sorry. The, this duck boat, the wheels just popped out. And now we're going into the water. So they go to the chocolate factory. Wait, I want to say this. Okay. About so cucks. they wanted Charlie to be a whiz kid. I want to say a couple things about cuck. They want Charlie to be a whiz kid. They want Willy Wonka to be normal. They want the movie to become about a father-son relationship. And Tim Burton was like, fuck that. Wonka's a weirdo. Mm-hmm. It's weird for anyone to behave this way. Right. I want the character to follow suit. If he's a man who hasn't talked to anyone else for he's 10 a years. Recluse, he'd be weird. He'd right. be weird. Right. And he was like, the whole key has to be that Charlie's just a normal kid. Sure. Now, in the original, I think it's a little too, like, he's too pure. Yeah. The thing he's got that, that was, blonde hair, too. The thing that was kind of incredible about Freddie Highmore at this age was he just seemed like an old man in a little child's body. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't, while being a cute kid, he doesn't play cute at all. He's very serious. Yeah. So I think when all that stuff comes up of him going like, no, it's my birthday and I want to share at the chocolate bar with all of you. You really kind of like, I feel for this kid. I would be like, Jesus. This kid's I think so he's such a good sincere. kid. But, but I think I appreciate that through the performance and the tone of the movie, they don't make the kid overly earnest. He's just kind of logical. Sure. And, and he's got priorities straight. Does he like chocolate? He does. He likes chocolate a lot. He gets one bar a year for his birthday. Yeah, okay. Weird. And he makes a little model. His father collects all the misshapen toothpaste caps. All this yeah. stuff I'm like really into. You're into this. And you're getting the backstory. I mean, a great How many times have you seen this movie? I saw it a lot when it came out. I haven't seen it probably in 12 years. Interesting. Yeah. You saw it multiple times in theaters? I saw it multiple times in theaters and Romley really liked it when she was little. We'd watch it a lot at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, uh, a couple really good gags he does early on and some fun like film okay. rhythm things. Uh, one, uh, when uh, Grandpa Joe tells the story about when he used to work at Willy Wonka's factory. Sure. I was much younger then and you hard cut to 20 yes, years earlier. The same. And right. he looked exactly the same. Right. Like you're like, he's exploring joke potential in this movie. Sure. Which the later films he gets away from. Right. Like you feel him actively working to like, what's the funniest choice we could make? This one has lots of funny jokes. The burn ward. The burn example. ward's really funny. It's funny. Grandpa Joe, when he gives Charlie the extra money he's been saving. I like their two false attempts at the bar before he finally gets it. Yeah. When he gives him the money and then falls asleep. Uh-huh. I think that's a fun film rhythm cut. Sure. Of Grandpa Joe like falling asleep and then waking up with the candy bar in front of his face. All this stuff is... Uh, they get to the factory. I want to talk about this. He gets the bar. Yeah, he gets the bar. Wants to sell it. Yeah. And his other grandpa gives the speech that's like, they, they print more money every day. Yes. There'll only ever be five of these. Right. Which honestly is really stupid. Like, take the money. <laughs> like, they clearly need They're the money. They're quite broke. But I also well, think- it's sort of a one in five shot at getting a factory. Mm-hmm. Which they didn't know they were going to get a factory. That's a good point. They yeah. just thought they were going to get lifetime chocolate. That's the weirdest thing about this movie is they never present it as a competition. And when people parody Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, I think they make that up front sure. part of the parody. Should we talk about Pete Davidson again? We should. Why has he played Grandpa Joe twice? So <laughs> He's young. He's no grandpa. But in both the book and the film adaptations, 
It's just like he's going to let five people tour. Yeah. And only at the very end after he's the like, thing's been determined. I've it was been a contest for an all. Heir. Right. Right. Um, a that's hair. true. So basically, they gave up a bunch of money they needed so he could look at a factory for a few hours. Maybe get a little tour. <laughs> like, how, like, all right. And also, you have to imagine, they can't know that the factory is as magical as it is. Although Grandpa Joe did have a chocolate bird. Nestle, a company with a lot of problems, has factory tours. You can book one. Of course. 800 Nest. They bought the Wonka brand and have since shut it down. Do you know there aren't Wonka bars in know, production yeah. anymore? Because when the musical opened, they couldn't sell Wonka bars. Uh, sure. Yeah. No, Nestle's we, we, just sitting I believe on. we've talked about this. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, factory tours. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Yeah. Just go. Where's the closest factory? Great question. And you have to sign an NDA. And the factory, I by the way, looks magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Whoa. It's a white building. It looks like a Costco. <laughs> it looks like a Costco. Uh, and uh, weirdly enough, children are murdered there as well. That's the only similarity it has with. None of the children effect. die. I do like that this film, they, they have that weird like walk out of the factory. Yeah. Mike TV is my favorite part of that. Yes. It has factories in 80 different countries. Hey. Uh, the headquarters is in Switzerland, though. Headquarters. We could go. Let's go. I think all the stuff at the beginning is good. I Willy think Wonka. I, this is what I want to get right. to. It's good, more subtle, sort of save the cat stuff of like, this is why you care about this kid. Sure. Uh, I like that David Kelly's kind of demented. Yes. Has a weird anarchic energy mm-hmm. as like, I don't know if this man is like losing his mind or not. Mm-hmm. And then they get into the factory. Everyone's like huddled outside. Right. And everyone remembers in the original that Gene Wilder did a whole bit. Right. So instead they just do a creepy Chuck E. Cheese Willy Wonka song. But I love like, it. The so catch much. is on fire. This is the best thing in the I movie. Apart so from the much. burn ward. And I guess it's linked right. to the burn ward though. So it's really like that's my favorite thing right. in the movie. Because the courtyard is like so gray yes. and bleak. It's yeah. so cold outside. The music becomes very ominous. Whereas yeah. like he's been doing sort of twinkly, maniacal yeah. Danny Elfman. Now it just becomes very serious. There's so much wind up to them going through the gates, the gates closing behind them, them all walking in line. They're all meeting each other. Everyone's competitive. Right. Violet and Bruca Salt have that like best friends for everything. And then right, they cross right. their fingers. And you're like, where's this going? And then they step up. And the thing just opens this up. Shitty thing. And well, it's this horrible, like the puppets are discolored. Yeah. They're clearly like sun bleach. It made me think of you because it's the kind of futuristic design you like. Yes. That, like 50s throwback kind of thing. Right. And it's then like, with the shitty wax. It's like a world's too. fair, like yeah. a bad, it's a but small like it's world. A, I like thinking about Willy Wonka like designing that. Right. Like being like, this is good. Well, I like him also thinking like, I don't know, this is what kids like, right? Right. <laughs> like I, he has such disdain for the people who would want to come to his factory. I highly recommend watching just like Chuck E. Cheese animatronic videos where they're all failing on YouTube. They're really funny and they're so terrifying. Here's the thing. It's just like stuff melting. Here's the thing I was thinking about recently. Uh, Chuck E. Cheese has taken out all the robot fans. They, they don't have robot shows anymore. Oh, they, they do that? Uh, kids don't like robot shows. It's frightening. That's their pitch. That makes sense. They had Bowling for Soup write a bunch of new Chuck E. Cheese songs, and they tried to make Chuck E. Cheese like more like punk pop, and then they just took out all the robots. So they have a walk around still sometimes, sure, but they don't have the shows anymore. Okay. Uh, and the Rock of Fire Explosion has built this like online cult following, which was the original Chuck E. Cheese because there was a documentary made about it, and there are people who have bought. The machines and they program them to modern songs, right? Sure, sure. What a smart investment it would be to buy one of those robot bands okay. and get a bar in Brooklyn 
and be mm. like, here's our gimmick. It's like a, yeah, it's like a fake Chuck E. Cheese for hipsters. Like, for, for how many, like, bar cade uh, sure. places there are no one's in all the major cities, which are so level. popular, right. which is just like, here you go. It's like a club bar, not a bar, a club, but like a bar where it's we play club. popular <laughs> songs and we program the robot band to do them and you can just sit and watch the robot band right. do like Adele or whatever. I don't want that. I want that so badly. <laughs> Two opinions. Don't want it. Want it so badly. Weigh in. Yeah. Email us or tweet tweet at us, right, please. You call it like <laughs> Professor PT Drink a Lot or something. And it's like you have your own robot band. You reskin them, right? The robots Weird. are there, but you come with different. I'm learning design. the IRS is after you. <laughs> For this idea, the amount you've sunk into it already, you're pitching this because you're already doing it, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, doesn't sound like a good idea. Anyway, if you want to go to GoFundMe.com. <laughs> backslash Griffin needs your money. All right. I think that the, the video is funny. The, I mean, not the video. The robot the, show. The robot show is so funny. And it goes on for so long. Goes on for too long, catches on fire, becomes even more disturbing. Right, because the chair lifts up. Yeah. The fireworks are there. Willy Wonka's not there. You're right. like, where the fuck is he? And he's next then to them. Then they slowly burn. Yeah. Then the camera pans across all of their terrified faces, and he's just there clapping. Right. It's such a good entrance. It is. And he's got his weird glasses on, and he's like, oh. Yeah. I don't know. Trying to do, like, what's what, Who does voice? he sound like in this? I, the whole time I was watching it, I was trying to figure out who he sounds like. Because he's doing that sort of like weird children's entertainer thing. Sure. Where his diction is like too clean and too upbeat and he sounds demented and maniacal. Um, and this part, he's like trying to like feel appealing to kids. But he's like reading off of note cards and everything. Right. He like doesn't know their names. Right, he's like, practice all of this. They set up the gag immediately that anytime Mike TV says anything. Mummer! <laughs> really that's funny. funny. That there is funny. There are a funny. lot of funny fucking things in this movie. That's not in anything else, right? Like, that's not in the book or anything. No. no. He just, he's just decided not to hear what that kid says. But the gimmick of Mike TV this time is that he's like a genius. Yeah, yeah he like has he's some algorithm. Bro. Right, he like the cracked tickets. the code, yeah. Right. yeah. He figured out the shipping strategies and like wind variations. Yeah, so Mike should... Almost certainly, actually, be the winner, or maybe like a Mike Violet like duo. You no, know, because like, if Mike won, he would just sell the factory immediately. Right, he would be like, he would run the numbers. Yeah. And he'd be like, chocolate. No, come on, get out of here. Yeah, I'm not doing this. Well, I think the weird thing with his characterization in this movie is you're. It feels like okay, so we know later on he had this moment of like mortality, right, kicking in, right. His his hair, which made him realize he should get an heir. So he's like, I don't know, what do you do? Find some kids. But he hates kids so much and he has nothing other than this factory that he like wants the plan to fail. Like it feels it's like a producer like, scheme. Like he wants them all to die. I think th so he can be like, well, right. too bad. No one else can run because it. Because the whole point is like whenever they fall in and then the Oompa Loompas do a song. Or, like right. everyone's like, that seemed planned. And, and the, he's like, what are you talking about? And there's that moment with Veruca Salt where he can't find the key. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's. That's a my favorite. Scene a good gag gone. is yeah. always someone lifting up a giant ring of keys and there's too many keys. But that they, is always funny. They do a couple of very pointed cuts where like after she falls, you see his very calm face and then right. suddenly he finds the perfect right. key and yes. opens it. Yes. So I do think his plan is yes, like, his plan I want to murder them all or that. at least dispose of them all. Right. Right. You want to prove that right. No one is up to the task. Right. Um, but like, I mean, we can go through this one by one. Mm -hmm. The first thing, very quickly, they he go wants to kill those kids. Yeah. Very quickly they go into the main area yeah. with the river, right? Mm -hmm. 
a gloop is just taken down by wanting to eat chocolate all day. Classic. So easy. We get that a kid going to a chocolate factory. That's going to be an issue. There's that weird probe that they keep on cutting to yeah. hovering above them. Yeah. And every time they do, it just kind of like has ambient noise. Like, yeah. Is it all CGI? Well, uh, I think this some set's of it's real. The set, set is real, but I mean, like, but like the river must be uh, fake or at least. No, the river is right. real because they uh, uh, ruined like several incredibly expensive camera lenses because they fell in the river. That was like a big story when they were Stop filming the movie. Stop cameras in right. a chocolate river? They lost like $350,000 worth of camera lenses. Because like very special, like, yeah, you know, no, handmade. You. But uh, it looks great. It looks great. Yeah, I mean, this is like the best stuff in the factory because it's still practical. Well, no, but the, the Veruca set is good. Yeah. That's a good set. Oh, you're right. Every room when one of the, the kids rooms gets are thrown good. off. The TV room is good. Yes. And then what's the Veruca the, room with the nuts Violet's is great. Squirrels. That squirrels. Okay. The squirrels. The squirrels. I love the squirrels. Are yes. you know the, the squirrels are real too. Really? Yeah, they train them. They look them. good. They, they look them. good. They were like. Squirrels are super smart. They train yeah. them from birth. They were like, we have to get 40 squirrels right. and train them from birth so all they know how to do is this gesture. That's really funny. Aren't it? Yeah, isn't the thing is like squirrels are totally smart. Their only problem is that they are obsessed with nuts and right. food and like all of their intellect <laughs> yeah. is devoted to it. Like we could probably get the like they could do other things. No, the squirrel when it throws the nut away, that's CGI, yeah. and when they all crawl on her, that's CGI. Sure, but sure, every sure. time they're checking the nuts, that's, that's some real squirrel, real fucking squirrel, you know, which squirrel? is demented. Like I like Tim Burton having the money to make this movie and being like, I'm gonna do weird Willy Wonka shit. I like sure. to think like, that I'm gonna say himself. like train the squirrels. Yes. Wait, he's just. I like to think that Tim Brown is just like a master squirrel trainer. And just no one got like a whip. But that's <laughs> the squirrels are like running in a circle. But like, if Tim Burton had a mansion like this and all the money in the world, he would lock himself in and be like, I don't know, let's train some squirrels today. In the same way that Willy Wonka wants to like create cotton candy sheep. A you know? squirrel once broke into my mom's house, tearing oh, fuck, through. It's retired. Bleep it's it out, man. Bleep it out. Bleep it out. Uh, by tearing through the screen, like you know, on her window, right. Mm-hmm. Took a whole jar of Skippy, closed, a closed jar of Skippy, didn't know what to do, I guess panicked or something, ran into her bedroom, ripped the jar open somehow, which is impossible. Like I don't know how a squirrel would, you know, not didn't unscrew, just ripped it open, ate whatever it could, and then ran out and left the Skippy jar in her bedroom. Uh, rather than rely on CGI, Burton wanted the 40 squirrels in the nut room to be real. The animals were trained every day for 10 weeks before filming commenced. They began their coaching while newborns fed by bottles to form relationships with human trainers. The squirrels were each taught how to sit upon a little blue bar stool, tap, and then open a walnut and deposit its meat near a conveyor belt. That's incredible. It's what a sick. waste of everyone's time and but money. But that's like the meta-narrative to <laughs> this movie. What happens to those squirrels now? They don't know how to do anything else. What do they do? I don't know. They were signed for multi-picture deals. <laughs> they had sequel clauses. I'm sure Tim Brown just adopted them all. Yeah. He probably does just have a squirrel room. Um, I just, I love, it's like, it's like fucking Fitzcarraldo stuff where it's like Werner Herzog drove himself crazy trying to Jesus. make cho- a movie about someone driving themselves crazy. The Chocolate River has 200,000 gallons of faux melted chocolate right. in it. And they had to get the right concoction where it was like loose enough that they could paddle through it because when it was thicker, then the paddle wouldn't go through the chocolate. They lost camera lenses. Like, all this shit I love. And then anytime they're in the elevator, I'm like, or in the boat, when they're just in, like, CGI goop land. Yeah. The CGI chocolate looks terrible. Yeah. Like, whenever they're floating in it, 
uh, it looks like CGI water. They've only kind of cracked. I feel like in the last five years, and at this point, it just looks like uh, uh, diarrhea. Yeah, the color is kind of weird too. Maybe it's from the bed. Maybe it's, it's from the bed. There's a pipe at the bottom of the bed that goes all the way to the factory. Um. Anyway, what my point was: Gloop taken down by his own greed. Then mm-hmm. they sing a song. The best song. Of the Oompa Loompa songs? I think all of them are bangers. Now, we should... Yeah, I like Mike TV's the best. Mike TV's is the other competitor to me. Those are the best, too. I think the Violet and uh, Veruca songs are just okay. The Mike TV one is the rock one? Yeah. 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 Uh, I I think... No, the Veruca Salt one's my favorite. The weird, like, hippy-dippy one? Yeah, I I like it when it's, like, high energy. Like, I like them to be running around. Well, what about the the the, Violet one? Has the chewing, chewing, chewing gum. Yeah, that's pretty good, actually. I just think I'm so mad about Violet. Like, they fuck her over so hard. She's great. Yeah, she rolls. And she's played by Young Carrie, as we pointed out. I'm sorry, Young Young Carrie. Young Young Carrie. And Ben looks like he's in a coma right now. Uh And what happens, they take her to see some chewing gum. Yeah. She's like, I want to eat the chewing gum. I love chewing gum. And rather than him being like, definitely, you're not allowed to do it. He's just like, oh, don't do that. Like. You're presenting her with chewing gum. I like that. And it's poison. I like that they make Violet this like example of like like the American obsession with exceptionalism. Yeah. And Missy Paul's her weird robotic stage mom yeah, yeah, who like yeah. clearly wishes she had been a star. Like she tries to point out her own baton photo. Yeah. Um, That's the joke, right? And She's also, like a, a, a pageant girl. Right, right. Yeah. Who's now like forced it onto her daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's even funnier when the pageant she has is it's just chewing, chewing gum. gum. But like... Gloop, Augustus Gloop is wants to eat too much chocolate. Right. Okay, I'll admit it. Yeah. He could maybe stop You're eating like, the chocolate. Violet hasn't done anything wrong. One handful of the river is enough to get that it's a river of chocolate. Right, Mike TV's an asshole. Veruca Salt's a brat. Mike Violet, TV we're going to get to. Violet has no sense. Veruca sucks. She's bad. Like, I mean, right. you know, Veruca's yeah. bad enough. We all agree. Violet has no sense. Violet. I think Violet has poor impulse control. But it's one stick it's of gum. Same. It's one time. I mean, you go like the first real mistake she makes is not listening to Willy Wonka when he tells her to spit out the gum. But you've also sure. set up in the movie that it's she, gum though. She would want to get back to her main gum no anyway. One, exactly. But like Augustus falls in a river. Yeah. You would know be safe around rivers. Dangerous. Sure. Someone which should be very explicit, like gum, I know that gum normally is just gum. This one will swell you into a blueberry. He says everything but that. He does say <laughs> you, they, there's a thing we haven't worked. You know out. what I mean? The other things are like Veruca is like, yeah, don't like challenge squirrels and they're like squirrel primers, primacy. Yeah, sure, Mike TV asks to be teleported. Like yeah. these are things children should not want. Right. She she just wants gum. She eats candy. Yeah. You're saying she went to a candy factory. Right. But he told her not to eat it. <laughs> yeah. like, the, the songs here are all the roll doll. Songs. They're they're the lyrics. Are they? Yes, they are. Yeah, they are. are yes, they, they are. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Roldo gets lyrics by credit for this entire movie. They're all his songs, which I I don't know how you folks uh dealt with this when you were a child, but I would always find it like very Yeah, I, you're right there. I feel a lot of stress when I got to a song portion of a book like this. Well, you mean when it's in italics all of a sudden and it's like line breaks and, and you're like, how am I what's the tune? Yeah, right. For this? Do yeah. I sing this? What do I do? Right, I'm no learner and low. Like how how do I like, you know, 
what what what's the 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 sort of what's the jam here? What's the beat? Basically, in my head, they were all just like Gregorian chants. That's what I would always think. Or they just <laughs> that sound, would be good. Like, oh, they like come out like that. That'd be good. Or I just always like imagine like shanties in my head. Like they just be kind of like shaggy shanties. And then they make this announcement like Danny Elfman is going to take the Raw Doll lyrics. They're not going to use the songs right. for the Gene Wilder film. They're going to use the original song. Right. And it was like, oh, cool. And then he just made the weirdest choice with every set of lyrics. Go, go on. Well, he just decided to reinterpret each one through a different, very specific genre, genre that was right. not the genre that those lyrics were written to be sung in by any stretch of imagination. He also he turns s- them into like Oingo Boingo songs and does all the vocals himself. That's what I was going to say. The weird thing is that he sings them all himself in different voices. Right. Be, the only thing that really bothers me about the songs is that the voice keeps changing. But that's I, what, I don't like that. That is what Oingo Boingo's like. Like but his voice changes. That's not like the greatest defense I've ever heard mounted. <laughs> of I'm not saying defense of the songs. I'm saying it, one of the weird I aspects know. of this movie. I think I just struggle with all the deep roys being identical, except that their voices sometimes are high pitched or low. pitched. The narrator, Jeffrey Holder. One of yeah. them sounds like Jeffrey Holder. Yeah. Um, it, no, it's one of those things where, like, uh, you know, oh. Burton and Elfman. Very close collaborators. The one falling out they had was over Nightmare Before Christmas because uh, he felt Burton didn't fight hard enough for him to be the voice of Jack. So it's his singing, but not his speaking. Right. And this feels like him being like, so you'll let me do whatever the fuck I want with these songs. And Burton's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Right. And they're working on Corpse Bride at the same time. I think Elfman was really busy. Those songs you can tell are like the work of someone who's putting more focus on. On something else. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, ding dong. Deep Roy's great in this movie. He's so good. Paid $1 million. He was paid $1 million. Do you know this pilot? I, uh, I love Deep Roy. One of the best uh, salaries of all time. <laughs> I mean, he worked for it. That's what I'm saying. But like so often a guy like this, you're like, and they paid him like $5,000. Like right, you hear right. the horrible story of how little they got paid. And Tim uh, Burton was like, fuck you. You're paying him $1 million. Deep Roy also wanted the Augustus Gloop song to be like a Bollywood number. Uh-huh. Uh, he suggested that himself. Yeah. And then, yes, we've got a Veruca Salt, kind of like a 60s pop thing. And yeah. uh, Violet's like like a funk song, I guess. Uh, What's going on with the Violet? I can't even remember yeah. Violet. Say, do uh, it chewing, again. chewing, oh, chewing, chewing, yeah. gum. And, and they're up in Mike, the rafters. Mike TV is like a, you know, a hair metal kind of thing. Yes. That's and my least favorite one. Right, yep. right. There's no Beatles. Yep. <laughs> His performances um, are so good in this yes, movie. Yes. Like, anytime it's a bunch of Oompa Loompas on the screen, you can... Choose to focus on any one, sure. and he's and giving a distinct, stuff. specific performance on that Oompa Loompa. You think about how much time he had to spend in like a green screen space. But imagine the parents leaving the factory, yes. going to the press, being like, "What happened in there?" Yeah, and then being like, "Well, our children were won by systematically right attacked off. <laughs> exactly." And then every time it happened, rather than them dealing with it, the factory workers assembled and sang joyously of what had just happened. Well, this is why Charlie and the Chocolate Factory became so big culturally and the, and the Willy Wonka I know, movie. Girl Dolls Crazy. Because, you know, like, well, but also, like, it, it birthed a thousand sketches and stand-up routines and even barroom conversations. Like, here's my fucking question. Why didn't they just do this? Right. But here's the other thing. I think it's also, a, like, 
every kid's like first horror movie. Yeah. Yes. Where it's like right. you're learning that sort of thing of like every death is inventive and different and all and that. And it does yeah. sort of have that slasher movie structure yes, in that 100%. way where it's like their sins are directly leading to their deaths. It's like right. Friday the 13th where it's like, oh, the kids are fucking, someone's going to get murdered. Right. And how is he going to murder them this time? You know? <sighs> I do think that's the thing that kids like about it. He leans into it hard here. Of course. They directly imply that Wonka has planned all of this. Right. Totally. Uh, when they say, well, how did they know to put his name in the songs that seemed rehearsed and choreographed? And he's like, improv, it's a parlor trick. Yeah. yeah, yeah which yeah. is funny. It's funny that he roasts improv. Yeah, that is funny. He roasts improv. Here, I got to be you guys talk. And you know that Willy Wonka uh, never made Lloyd Knight. <laughs> nice callback. I had to make that joke before David went to the bathroom. So where, where do you stand at this point in the movie? Like, wh- what are you liking? What are you disliking? I mean, I enjoy basically the entire thing in the factory. Yeah. I just, I like the way the factory looks. And I also hate the children. So it's great to watch bad things happen to them. And the only thing I don't like too much is Johnny Depp's performance for like all the obvious Michael Jackson reasons. Cause like he does just like remind me of him. And it's so weird. And so I that's don't the main it. thing. For yeah. You. Have you watched uh, Leaving Neverland yet? No. Okay. So I watched it. And then I went down a really ill informed rabbit hole of watching old Michael Jackson interviews. Which now just feels so fucking creepy. Yeah, they they feel like like Freddy Krueger doing Letterman or something, and like making jokes about like why would I murder kids? I love it when they show up in my nightmares. Yeah, I don't ever want to watch them. No, they're terrible. Um, so I definitely got like creeped out watching Depp in this. Relieved that he hates children, like like feeling a real palpable sense of physical relief every time he pushed a kid away. Yeah. Um. But this kind of makes more, I don't even know if I want to open this box. I would say no. Yeah. There was like the public like defense of Jackson that was accepted where it's like, well, he never had a childhood. So all this weird stuff is just because he never had a childhood. Like he didn't develop properly. And I watched this movie and I'm like, this movie's bug nuts banana shit. But I and more readily believe that someone would turn out this way if they didn't have a childhood. Well, yeah. Like, the way they set up Willy Wonka makes sense. Right, that he would, like, surround himself with the thing he didn't get to do as a kid but be a total misanthrope. Yeah. As opposed to, like— And also, like, the way that he distrusts other kids because, like, he didn't have, like, childhood He distrusts kids and parents. Yeah. Right. Well, who doesn't distrust parents? I also see it as, like, yes, Michael Jackson didn't have a childhood. It's the genius rule. Where right. I feel like when people like ascend to a certain level, right, and you know we we, we like consider them geniuses, they have right. uh, mastered the, their works of art, right. They get away with being bad to their family, yeah, like cheating on their significant other. Right. I feel like that. It, so Michael Jackson, I feel like it was just more like we just all accepted it as, as a society. Well, and John uh, Michael, I was about to say Johnny Depp. Michael Jackson has the same like Roman Polanski like full flush where it's like, oh, he did really fucked up things and also really fucked up things happened to him and he made great art. Right. So people are like, well, I don't know. What can you say? How would you process these hey, things? What are we talking but about right Willy now? Willy Wonka fucked over the town. Right. Like, that's what I like. Is <laughs> where that, are we? I, this is what <laughs> I like. Sorry. Which is, town? He closed the factory oh, and everyone sure. lost their jobs. Right. I like and that, he replaced them with Oompalipas. I like that they don't so treat him. He created some jobs. Right. He did, yeah. And he saved like a whole jungle colony that's being besieged by monsters. He basically just like fired like the town and gave jobs to immigrants, which like I support. 
okay, tables just got turned on <laughs> turned, you guys. Right. Turned hard. So I guess what I'm trying to say uh, in a hymns? very messy way. Should we do hymns? What? what? Come on. <laughs> he said hard, I think. Oh, I got it. I okay, know. now Ben's going to the bathroom. Or no, he's just God in a victory lab. <laughs> oh, the door's open. What I, I like about this open. movie is we're talking about like the, the genius exception kind of thing, right? That like all this Michael Jackson conversation is circling around that sure. like, you know, he was a genius. Where it was like, oh, well, he's right. There's just, there's a reason for this. And that's why he Everyone wants to Everyone tries to, to justify kids, it. Yeah. Right. So it's like a two-pronged thing where it's like, A, I think people don't want to believe that someone's capable of doing such awful things. Sure. Such as uh, sending kids down a uh, I think a these are four shoot. attempted murders. Right. No, I know none of the kids die. Right. But I think you could go to court and be like four attempted murders. But then the really, like, yeah. he's not trying to murder them. It's the factory that is. Right. Technically, it's, he, he's like clean. It's that kind of Rube Goldberg thing where he's yes. like, I didn't do anything. Right. They, it's like, they didn't did you themselves. plan this? Right. Like, you know. And didn't you have full musical numbers in the chamber ready to go? <laughs> not at all. My point and is. And someone like finds sheet music and he's like, fuck. God damn it. <laughs> I'm going down. They find down. his demos on his <laughs> <Right>. iPod. <laughs> These are clearly like scratch tracks. Like you've been working these out. I don't know what those are. Uh. You brought Phil Spector in to produce them? It's like, I've never met the guy. Do you uh, try like all the Oompa Loompas as like a class action kind of play? Or is it just one? They didn't do yeah, anything. They Oompa Loompas are more to blame if they have the songs. Like, they do Willy the Walker songs. can they claim ignorance. He can claim right. ignorance. Maybe he's kind of smart in that way. that he, Right. He, he just layers of protection. He didn't do anything except struggle to find his keys. Right. The point I'm making is. You should send them to The Hague. The point I'm making is. Mm-hmm. I like this movie because... <laughs> you like this movie? I do. <laughs> but because this movie doesn't try to build a genius rule around Willy Wonka, there's this sense of like, Charlie's really uh, uh, sort of intrigued by him because he lives so close. Because his grandpa worked there. Because it's this mystery. The other kids don't seem to give a shit about Willy no. Wonka. They like the idea of winning and they like the idea of the factory. Sure. And it doesn't feel like anyone's excusing Wonka. The only person in the world who seems to like idolize Wonka other than Charlie, is his father. Keeps all the clippings. Right. In the Gene Water version, there's this mythology, even though they haven't seen him in so long, of like, this is the greatest man in the world. Right. The candy man can. Right. He exists just to make children happy, which is the Michael Jackson bullshit of like, right, right, he couldn't right. have hurt totally, us. Totally. He loves peace on earth. Um, and this movie's like, this is this weird guy. No one knows what's going on with him. And then when they meet him, he's an asshole to them. Right. And he tries to kill them all. And the whole time they're like, I don't know what the fuck is up with this guy. Like, they are not charmed by him at all. He is not charmed by them. Yeah. It feels like he wants the tour to well, be over I with. I also just think it's good to add the thing where, like, at the end of the book, it's like, you won. You get the factory now. And Charlie's like, great. And it's I like, great, let's get in the fucking no. elevator. And right here, Charlie's like, fuck this. On balance, you don't seem so good. Yeah. Like, you seem... You out seem of 10, fucked six. up, right? And yeah. he's like, "You can't bring your family with you." And he's like, "Well, then what? I end up like you, yeah, right. you weirdo with a Prince Valiant haircut." Good. Like, I like that this movie is like a guy who's like, "Look at me, I turned out fine. I'm eccentric," and everyone's like, "No, you're not okay. We don't like you." When it's also sort of like, no chocolate Charlie's justifies only, this behavior. Charlie's only accomplishment is being the last one alive. Right. You could te- keep taking him into rooms and right. seeing if they kill him. I mean, you could do this forever. But this movie's like a weird rebuke to the genius exception. Yes. Okay. And also, Exemption. All of the stuff he's made recently yeah, is bad. crazy and bad. Right. They're like, it's convoluted. He's wasting tons of money <laughs> yeah. and like R&D, like time and energy on shit that no one wants to fucking eat. Gone. I like all of that. I think this is a good take. And I think people didn't like it when it came out because they were like, oh, they've ruined Willy Wonka. The original was so pure. And it's like, but it's fucked up if you look at it 
That's why everyone always did comedy routines about it. And this movie's like, yeah, we're going to make a movie about how it's fucked up. Yeah, except but then this movie's like, but really, if his dad just like gave him a pat on the back, he'd be fine. Yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's a, a little, little it's a neat. little easy. Yeah, it's a little yeah. neat. Yeah, uh, I'm but, just saying, if you wanted to be wrestling with this sort of like, hey, these geniuses are not so great, and then it's, Charlie's like, what's up with you? And he's like, I don't know. My dad was like, kind but of. There's a, a whole stretch of like. Charlie <laughs> wasn't even that much of a jerk. He was not like, really. don't eat candy. Don't eat candy like, all the time. Advice. You right. have crazy braces. <laughs> Go on, go on. No, I I agree with all that. Look, they they tie the bow up too neat. quickly. Yeah, yeah. But it's the idea that it's like he needed to connect to other people, which they make that leap, and it's a pretty big leap. He's connected to the Umpalumpas. Yeah, but I mean they're not great conversationalists. They're, they're great, quiet. great performers. They're quiet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do love the jungle exploration scene. Right. Mm-hmm. I just like this idea of like Willy Wonka like traveling around the world with like a machete. Yeah. That could be the prequel, Willy Wonka Origins, with a machete. Okay, so Violet, you're upset that she gets taken down. She gets so she over. should win. She's good. She's good. Yeah, they, like Violet. They tried to do this practically. Apparently, it looked terrifying, so they did the CGI like, yeah, right. last minute. Right. Because this right. CGI looks a little wonky. Yeah, it doesn't look. And right. not Wonka. Oh, I just remember we never pointed out um, the TV kid's uh, dad is like perfect. Yeah. Oh. He, he plays it so Adam perfectly. Godley. One of my favorite he's so, performances. Adam he's like Godley. got that terrible comb over. Great British theater and actor. He's just like, he just is so like the dad who is not disciplining his kid. I believe he is one of the giants in BFG. He is? Yes. Yeah, he is. But I have all the parents. He's the one that stays in my mind. Uh, him and Missy Powell are really strong. Uh, what What's his name? Oh, Fox? Missy Powell. Yeah, right. Uh, James Fox. He's right. classic. He's good. Yeah. He's a classic English guy. Right. English and, stick up his butt right. guy. And Augustus Gloop's mom is like a similar, just sort of classic g- right. German woman. Um, uh, Fra- Franziska Trugner. Yeah. Uh, but I like they found a real German kid. Yeah. The German kid did his own dubbing for the German version of this movie. That's great. English was his second language. Uh, but, but, uh, this feels like an area, especially if you're Tim Burton, you get to make a $150 million Charlie and the Chocolate Factory movie after Johnny Depp's become a big movie star. Where, like, there, if you go on the Wikipedia, they have all these, like, other actors who are considered for the part. Um, for every part, because you can see that Warner Brothers would have been, like, why isn't Anthony Hopkins Grandpa Joe? Sure. Like, why isn't all of, why aren't all the parents big movie stars? Yeah. And I like that he just, like, hired, like, good actors. That's fair. Like, he got good theater actors. He got, like, you know, not not very famous people to play all the grown-ups in the film. They shot it all in England. Right. Yeah. I mean, Helena Bonham Carter is the other big name in this movie, and it's because she is the mother to his children at this time. Um, it took six months to shoot. Yeah. Because of British child actor laws. Yeah. Yeah. She's always the mother of his children. Yes, she. you're right. She will forever be the mother of his children. That's a good point. I misspoke. They have two children. They have two children. Yeah. But they're not together anymore. They're no. not together no. anymore. No. They, when they were together, there were all those things where it's like, oh, their houses are separate, but there's a tunnel underneath connecting Which them. I love. I think that's an ideal situation. I, I've been thinking about that a lot, too. I'm like, maybe that's how I want to get married. Are there bats in the or tunnel? Just like a unispan? Yeah. And you're like, we live together, but also like, we're weird people and we probably need our own space, right? Maybe they could have like, you know, there's like shoots where yeah. they communicate. Like, what do they call those? Oh, the yeah. old timey shoots. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, it just sounds nice. Like them living in the English countryside. <laughs> you two are nuts. He has this weird little <laughs> gothic manor and she's sure. got her quaint, crooked Charlie Bucket they house. They didn't live in the countryside. They lived in Hampstead. I remember where they lived. Really? Yeah. You ever go there? No, my, my, friend's, my friend's mom was her agent. <laughs> 
What? Yeah. Um, so I knew, I knew of their place, but no, I never went. Do you think at like this period of time, Helen Bottom Carter's agent like calls her and is like, Hey, so good news. We got an offer for a film for you. It's, um, Charlie and the Chocolate <laughs> Factory. So Tim Burton's attached to direct. Like, do you think every time there's a new Tim Burton film, she calls there's her? There's like a formal, uh, they want you to read for this, uh, the this? Dark Shadows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. No, because I could imagine Tim Burton being too uncomfortable to like, Ask his like common wife to. You mean common law wife? Yeah, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> you don't mean his I, common. I left out his exceptional. Tim wife. Fa- famously bitch. married a commoner. <laughs> yes, his exceptional common law wife. Uh, I left out the worst word to leave out. <laughs> um, I can imagine him not having the courage to be like, "Honey, um, would you be in this movie?" It'd be funny if you called him, uh, called her his law wife. His I'm thinking of wife. all the words you could drop. Yeah, law wife would make more sense. <laughs> That's kind of like your doctor jacket. <laughs> <laughs> hey, HBC, it's Fran calling. So we got an offer for you to go on tape for, uh, what is it? Mrs. Lovett and Sweeney Todd. This is a really hot project. Uh, Tim Burton is attached. Like, I just think that's probably how it happened for her. That sounds funny. I don't know. Do they really have a tunnel? They had a tunnel. It was like some kind of connection. There was, yeah, because they were separate properties on the same land. What if that is how relationships always work? That was just the social norm. Where it's like, you guys are you guys are together, but you live all the way across town. This is gonna be a big tunnel. Like, you know, where it's like, wow. Yeah. Like the poor development guys have to be like, yeah, we'll figure it out. I mean, I don't know what it should work. (laughs) Good. Personal space. Uh Mm Uh-huh. You know? Um, Veruca Salt with the squirrels. I mean, we talked about this a lot, but this rules. I love Veruca Salt. Yeah, the nuts are great. Yeah. You love Veruca Salt. I in- love, like, not as, like, a character, but, like, I love that she's, like, such a psycho bitch, basically. She, she's pretty bad. And yeah. It's great. This one, I I mean, she looks maniacal. Yes. She looks really good. Like, Whereas, it, like, yeah. the wilder Veruca Salt is kind of more of a brat. This child feels like a sociopath. Right, because she won't listen. I like it whenever he tries to reason with her. He's like, you already have all this stuff. And she, like, you know, she dials up to, like, full psycho mode. Right, she feels like she's going to murder her parents. <laughs> yeah, she's, thing. it feels like she's going to, like, murder a squirrel. Like, she doesn't right. want a squirrel for a pet. Just, like, I'm going to do an experiment on it, basically. Yes. Maybe she's Elvira. <laughs> uh-huh. She's From like Titan Joan Cusack in um, The Addams Family. Addams yes. Family Values. Yeah. yeah. It's like if you cross her once, she sets the whole house on fire. Yeah. Yeah. But I do like like Imagine having a kid and it turned out to be like a good son situation. That'd yes. be that would be rough. No one talks about that enough. Uh well you that's know, that's a uh, you worry uh, about your kid having like asthma or an allergy or something. But what if they were a Macaulay Culkin in the good son? David, it sounds like you need to talk about Kevin. <laughs> it hey, sounds what if it's a like, Kevin? Right about like now. the doctor's like, we've run some tests, everything's fine except a uh, 47% chance of a Kevin situation. <laughs> keep, keep them away from the bows and arrows. I, I wish My parents were very upset with me flying a kite at night. <laughs> Here's Ben. And I learned that that's not the time you do that. But I like night kites. Isn't that this in the is movie? One of those Isn't that in the movie? He flies a kite at night. Yes. Am I thinking of the right thing? Yeah. Yes. Where I'm just Fuck. like, what? Is happening. Flying a kite at night. <laughs> yes, night kites. Night kites. I like it. Okay, but here's the problem with it's this. It's creepy, apparently. Ben, here's the problem what? with this bit. You have told much worse stories about things you did as a child. Right, I was like, that's did true. Ben actually fly a right. kite at We night? cannot suspend our disbelief <laughs> right. enough to imagine that that's the thing that concerned your parents. 
Jesus. Mike TV. There's a 2001 gag. Yeah. Also a psycho gag. Oh, yeah, of they course. They go through multiple movies and yeah. TV shows. The yeah. Oompa Loompas do their little news program. And then I know, they have and you see, like, pan. Deep Roy's calves. Yeah. <laughs> like, they really go all in on the psycho. Kind of swole. I mean, is there any, the Veruca Salt thing is good. I mean, the, the set's really cool. We I talked about the squirrels. The songs are fun. Versatile. Um, the other thing I like is that, like, by not making the movie a musical, mm-hmm. it makes... It, it, it creates the comedic game of the people being like, why are they singing now? <laughs> right. Sure. Because when you already have like three musical numbers before they get to the factory, you're like, well, the Oompa Loompas are singing because it's a musical. That's like the device of the movie. Mm-hmm. But in this, every single time the reaction shots are so good. Right. So I'm being like, what the fuck am I watching? It's like a funereal march thing. Like yeah. every time a kid like gets sucked into the hole or like falls down the chute or gets rolled away or whatever, they all like, they play this like very ominous, like Danny Elfman Sleepy Hollow music. Mm-hmm. Why didn't anyone just leave after Augustus? It's a great question. Like, I probably would have failed. Right. Like, you're just, your policy with this kid is to suck him into a tube. Yeah. Can, can we go? Well, like, it's mostly because right. I hate singing. Like, I would be like, no, <laughs> right. I can't deal with this. Pilot, you like singing. Yeah, you hate singing in you movies don't. so much. In you, movies. Okay, yeah, fair We've enough. established I hate it. You don't think like the, the Chocolate Factory is kind of like Fest? It's a little like Fest. All these Oompa Loompa acts. It's a little like Fest. I don't know. I don't think many children have died at Fest. Oh, well. Well, yeah, it's probably right. I mean, if you you told me a kid like drowned in a motel pool or something, I'd be like, sure. It sounds like something might happen at Fest. Right. If you told me that a kid at Fest got attacked by squirrels. (laughs) I would believe Hard as squirrels. Yeah. Those things are on bath salts. Yeah. If you told me a kid at Fest turned into a blueberry and got rolled away by Deep Roy, I would believe it. Yeah, I would love that, actually. It was just, I, I don't know. The singing, I just can't deal with. Deep Roy does sound like the name of a band that would play at Fest. Yeah. Deep Roy. It's weird there's not a band called Deep Roy. Right, and their be. logo is like a guy falling into a pit. He's Deep Roy. What else has Deep Roy been up to recently? I guess just Star Trek. That's really it. Oh, he's Keenster. Keenzer. Keenzer. It was very close. Yeah. Yep. You're looking at a computer. Let's make it clear. You're <laughs> oh, correcting I, me. I know Keenster's name. Excuse me. Keenster is kind of, that. What if that's my nickname for him, though? The, the Keenster. Keenster. Uh, yes, he's great in Star Trek. Keenster. Especially in the first one when he goes like this, like, hmm. Remember? He's a great physical comedian. Yeah. Yeah, when, when Scotty beams away. He's, hmm. I just think people don't, like, comprehend the, the quantity of acting he had to do for in this, this movie. He had to do every single one. Right, like they're not doubling it up or At anything, all. right? No, because they're distinct performances. There's so much he has to do, and that's he was interacting with other people the least. Right, in a movie that otherwise everyone's in scenes with other people, whether in a practical set or in green screen elevator land, you're actually like with other people. And he probably just had to spend like weeks with Tim Burton, where he's like, "Cool, and now this is Medic Oompa Loompa number twelve. <laughs> this one is checking the charts, <laughs> you know." They're like, great, this is Medic 13. He's like flicking his finger against the syringe. Sure. I mean, that fucking bit is so the good. Burn the puppet burn ward. My favorite joke. I also like that the uh, great glass elevators in this. I don't like that it has rockets, though. Don't like that. I think it's fair. In the books, they're like, how is this thing outside? And he's like, skyhooks. And you're like, what? You know, it's like one of those great like Willy Wonka moments where he just says some crazy stuff. I think it should have like propellers. Propellers would be fine. Little propellers. That'd be, be a little fine. more Burton. The rockets feel a little too 2005 yeah. Yeah. to me. Uh, but yes, 
uh, the, Mike TV gets uh, turned into media. He gets turned into content, as yes. we all do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Willy Wonka's big ploy to turn chocolate into content. There are a lot of good gags in that whole sequence, like Deep Roy sort of like leaning over to look at the TV because they're blocking and stuff like that. Yeah, and I like that weird hermetic room. <laughs> the Oompa Loompas are so weird. So weird. <laughs> but that's what I like. Like I like the, the unease of them being like, who are these? Are these <laughs> right. robots? Are they malevolent? Like- right, and he's like, no, of course, they're from the Oompa Loompa tribe. Right, yeah. And Mike TV's dad is Loompa like, Land. I teach geography. These and Willy Wonka just interrupts him, and he's like, so then you know very well what I'm talking about. Right. Um, I just like how sinister all of this is, and it doesn't feel like like twisted for twisted sake. It feels like he's digging into all the things that people make jokes about. Sure. And being like, let's own how fucked up this entire premise Sure. And then the movie ends. He, uh, he you know, Charlie rejects him, and he's like, oh, it's really about my dad. And you meet Christopher Lee. Well, you get in the flashbacks throughout the movie. The, I'm nodding. I'm Little nodding. Wilbur. Nodding Wonka. in agreeance. Mm-hmm. What's his father's name? Wilbur. Oh, the father's, father's name is Wilbur. Wilbur. Yeah. I like to think Willie is William Wonka. Yeah. A uh, young William Wonka who loves nothing more than candy. Maybe my favorite joke in the movie is when he runs away from home to see the sights of the world. And he does his little march in front of <laughs> all the flags. And it's just flags. the flags. Of the, that's yes, a This wing of the museum that's is closing. That's a good gag. That's, I mean, that's like... You're like a fucking Burton coming up with jokes and gags again. Well, like, John August wrote this. We should also give him credit. This, this is, good is script. an August script. Yes. And uh, August had uh, never seen the movie, loved the book. Freddie Highmore, never seen the movie, loved the book. Burton didn't like the movie. And he said to them, like, don't watch the movie. We're making our own thing. We're going off the book, mm-hmm. which I think you feel in this movie less of an effort to be like, we have to make this different from the original. I guess, but the plot is so prescribed like right. in the book. It, and it's the same in all of them. It's, you know, it's very episodic. Now, Let's I, meet the kids. Right. Let's do all their deaths. <laughs> no, I <laughs> Like, that's the plot. Burton tends to work best in a somewhat episodic realm. This is a thing I've sure. sort of been realizing while re-watching his yeah. movies. Yeah. I read an interview with uh, Daniel Waters, uh, screenwriter of Batman Returns, Mm-hmm. and uh, Burton had asked for him. Uh, so he went in to pitch Warner Brothers, and he read the script that Sam Hamm had written. Yeah. And he said, this makes no sense. This is so plotty. And yeah. if you've seen a Tim Burton movie, and you're smart, you should be able to tell at this point that he doesn't give a shit about plot. Yeah. So I want to put a bunch of stuff in there. Right. Because he likes events. He likes ideas. He likes set pieces, you know? Right. Like, you can have the thing thematically I know, I, all tied I, I together. I think that all makes sense, what you're saying. Right. And so he wrote Batman Returns as, like, a series of concepts, which, like, Emily argued is, like, that movie's disjointed. And I argue the film works because all those concepts are all tied together thematically. Willy Wonka is, like, kind of a perfect cousin material of the for penguin. him to adopt. Yes. Right. But There's it, a little overlap. But if he's going to take in some, you know, uh, someone else's And the penguins material, are cousins of the Oompa Loompas. It would be yes. funny if this movie ended with the penguins marching a dead Willy Wonka into the Chocolate River. Yes. That'd be good. What's the failing of Alice in Wonderland? That he was I mean, like... so many. But that's also episodic, though. But what I'm saying is yeah. he said in all his interviews, I wanted to make it less episodic. I always felt like Alice in Wonderland should have a stronger narrative. And then the narrative is a bowl of dog diarrhea that you don't give a fuck about and you right. wonder why they keep Wonderland asking if she's the one. Right, right, right. You're right. You hate this. We're going to get into it uh, right. in a week or two. When, right. when is this? Is, did he uh, make anything in between? Uh, Sleepy Hollow. Uh, not Sleepy Hollow. Sweeney Todd. Sweeney. 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 
but but he's best when it's like Mars Attacks cutting between like different things. Beetlejuice does not have a super propulsive plot. Mm-hmm. Pee Wee is like a road trip movie. Like when he's in this zone of just like events. <clears throat> I get so, you. Wonka is a good fit. It's in his wheelhouse in that sense. Even Ed Wood is like episodic. Yeah. yeah. The only thing, the only mistake I think he makes is that you kind of lose sight of Charlie and Grandpa Joe in this film. I don't think they have to be as centralized as the Gene Wilder movie. Yeah, but they got. But, you but need, I like that though, because I like that he's just always in the background. So that's why he doesn't get into any trouble. That's kind of <laughs> you cool. Think that's as a the lesson of this movie for children. Well, yeah, is just, like, like, just take it easy. Yeah. If you don't do anything, you'll be fine. <laughs> right. Like he's the only one who's it's not for like lazy trying children to, like, everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Right, I'm like, I support being lazy. Right. The, uh, the Wilder movie argument. adds in the bubble soda where they float. Which yeah, fuck that. Roald Dahl hated. Sucks. But they're also like, every time they go into a room, like Charlie and Grandpa Joe go off into a corner and like do color commentary on everything else that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, once Wonka enters, it like becomes Wonka's movie where you're just on this weird tour with this guy you don't understand. Right. Who makes so little sense and is so prickly except for these little flashbacks, which are filling in what's pretty obvious. From the first time, the first we flashback, get it. Yeah, no, when I mean, you yeah. see the headgear, you, yeah. get, you get it. Uh, Christopher Lee is the dad is really good casting. Of course. No objection there. Love Chris Lee. Bring him in. Uh, like Anytime. Tim Burton loves Chris Lee and Vincent Price, right? Mm-hmm. He cast Vincent Price in his early movies. Sister Hands. Right. And then uh, uh, Christopher Lee, he puts in Sleepy Hollow. Mm-hmm. Christopher Lee's old at that point in time. I bet he's probably like, well, this is the one chance I'll get to work with Christopher Lee. And then Christopher Lee out of nowhere becomes like America's favorite 90-year-old movie star. <laughs> and suddenly true. becomes a name that he can put in all his in movies. In between Sleepy Hollow and this, he made a, two Star Warses and, or, yeah, two Star Warses two Star and Wars. three Lords of yeah. Rings. And everyone's like all in on Christopher Lee now. So now it's like, and Christopher Lee as mm-hmm. Wilbur Wonka, yep. DDS. Did you know that Dwayne Johnson was Burton's second choice yeah, for yeah. this? Which would have been great. For, for yeah. Depp, to be clear, not yes. for uh, the yeah. dad. <laughs> be weird like, if he, he was also, the dad. He wasn't as big in 2005. No, it's so sort like, of the beginning of his, yeah. his but, like, stardom. Well, I meant just, like, physically. Right. But well, that's I think, true. Like, he also, right, was actually less insane like 2019 looking. Dwayne Johnson would be so terrifying to children. <laughs> but that was always... Hey, kids! <laughs> you read all of Burton's weird casting ideas, and it was either the actors he's worked with before and loved, people who are obviously in his wheelhouse, and then his second choice would always be a weird energy choice. Uh-huh, yeah. Like him wanting Sammy Davis Jr. for Beetlejuice. Right. Where he's right. like, I don't know, he's kind of like a Wheeler Dealer showman. <laughs> yeah, right, right. My pick is Henry Rollins. Henry Law. He's tortured. He could do good monologues. He's yeah. intense. He doesn't like kids. <laughs> he would rule. You rule. You guys have all seen that video where Henry Rollins is like, what was it? It was for like his IFC show or something where he's at the record <laughs> store. Own on DVD for some reason. The Henry Rollins yeah. show? I've, not for some reason. <laughs> not surprised. I know exactly I'm not why even you a big that. Henry Rollins fan. But you're a big Henry Rollins show fan. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Very clearly. Uh, also, his like, uh, he was on Paul Reiser's show, right? Was he on the Paul Reiser? I believe show? so. Yeah. Wow. And he's in Bad Boys. Your favorite too. show? Yes, my favorite show. Yes. Yeah. Um. Uh, no, How many episodes of the Paul Reiser show? Is that wait? I think it aired like three or four. Right. Uh, when 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 um the Mad About You revival airs on Spectrum Originals. Yeah. Is the Paul Reiser show gonna air with it or next after? They're or, also like, reviving yeah. the Paul Reiser show. It was show. like. The, everyone wanted the Mad About You revival, but Riser insisted that it was packaged with the Paul Riser show. Yes. Which also had like Andy Daly and Omid Jalili in it. Yes. Uh, yeah. What I was going to say was, there's, I believe it's a uh, Henry Rollins show clip 
in which he goes to a record store with like a humanitarian like uh, writer and he's like showing her what America's like and some kids in the record store yell, hey, get in the van. And he like turns his head to shoot them daggers and then is like walks up to them and is like, what? So what's what's the idea? You make fun of the old guy? Well, because you're so turned on. You're so hip. What? You make fun of the old guy? You trust fun babies? And he just eviscerates these like two kids. Uh, but his head turn to, hey, man, get in the van is the funniest thing on the entire Internet. I, I recommend that everyone go find this video. It doesn't even sound like they were being mean. Just like, that's oh, I recognize name. him. That's yes. the name of his books. Yeah. Of, right. Like when he was traveling with Black Flag. And then he's very condescending. Like, oh, I know you. He's very condescending to this woman he's with where he's like, you have to understand, it's um, that's the title of a book I wrote. It's very popular. Uh, uh, people are big fans of it. I actually won several awards for it. So if someone says that to me, they're mocking me. So he like exp- he like brags about how well known the thing is, and then gets like violently angry at someone for calling him that. He rules. I was sort of zoning out during all of that. Yeah, cool. Yeah. No, no, I mean, no, no objection. I just two thousand five. Thinking about stuff. like like I was looking at the Rock's filmography. Pre Southland Tales, The Rock it's makes be cool. sense for him. This year is right. is be cool and doom. But you get the sense of that thing of all just movies like, I saw in theaters. Of course. There's something kind of I creepy saw cool this point in time it. with how big The Rock is and how hard he's trying to be, like, friendly and approachable. Right. Like, this was before he had, like, figured his thing out. Right. And he was sort of moving out of action films and into family movies. And it was, like, this big guy who's, like, trying to be very, but like, accessible. He, he's now at the size, the Schwarzenegger's type size, where yeah. it's, like, if he's in a movie, it has to be addressed. Yeah. Yeah. Or you just don't address it, but then right. it's weird. Right. Yes, I agree with that. Now he is that size. Now he's that size. Right, where right. you're like, you can't pretend where this they is need a to normal be like, looking person. This man, person. right, was in the military for a long time. Like, right. needs to be said. <laughs> like, right. or else people would just be like, what's this guy's deal? <laughs> right. The, the width uh, of your body shoulder to shoulder is more than your height. <laughs> like, once you have that sort of axis fight going on. Like, he probably has to have, like, specially designed, like, showers and, right, like, things like that like, in his house now. Right. Right. And he can't, like, clear a door frame without, like, turning sideways. No. Every yeah. doorway in Dwayne Johnson's house is shaped like Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> it looks like he just, like, Bugs bunny through a wall. How tall Dwayne's do you think toilet he is? is like Jesus. the squirrel thing. He's 6'5". Wow. He's right? so tall. I Wait, I miss Ben's joke. His toilet is what? Like the squirrel thing in this movie. <laughs> yes. Three comedy points. <laughs> And he does have squirrels evaluate his poops. Right. And he does those like big, like his cheat day is like 80 pancakes and and uh, tequila. Is that what he does? You've been talking about his tequila. He uh, suddenly, well, I mean, you, you follow yeah, the rock his, very closely. His Instagram is really great when he's on his cheat days. Right. His it's cheat so days are good, but also he's all about tequila now because he's clearly launching a tequila brand. He wants to make that George yeah. Clooney money. So now he's like, only my closest collaborators are invited into the tequila circle. And it will be like a picture of him and like, you know, San Andreas director Brad Payton doing tequila shots. I mean, if The Rock had a tequila factory and yeah. he got five kids to tour it, 
Do you it would be amazing. That Pilot. would be a pretty good movie. Pilot. <laughs> we figured it out. God damn it. That would probably be a gentleman's six. <laughs> uh, well, Pilot, congratulations. You just made $3 million with that pitch. God, I was going to make a joke about, you know, if The Rock asked Brad Payton to drink poison, would he do it? But yeah. like now I can't even bother. You have like 15 days to pitch this before this episode comes out and it's right. a feeding frenzy. <laughs> This will be the biggest spec sale in history. It'll tie in with the launch of his brand. Are you fucking kidding I me? Mean, this is this he is would killer. buy this, but it would also result in so many drunk children. Yeah, yeah. well, that's where we're headed. <laughs> yeah, Flip, as a society, Seven Bucks Productions will pay you seven billion dollars for this concept because it'll be like Quaker Oats financing the movie to launch the candy bar. He's like taking out patents for his tequila, but he hasn't launched it yet. He needs a good movie to launch his tequila. He needs, right? He needs some sort of shape that the bottle can be in, and he's trying to find that, right? Yeah. Like, it should like, definitely be in the shape of his body. Yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah. Well, it's a lot of tequila. <laughs> I don't know. Just not to scale. It'd be good if it was to scale, though. <laughs> just one big peck. Yeah, one peck. One peck. It's just a peck. Yeah. A crystal peck. It would be great if, like, Michael Jordan Cologne, it was like the silhouette of his head. Yeah, right? Because his head and his neck are distinctive enough now, you know? I, I would agree. He's bald. Yeah. Did you see Fighting with We were talking about Fighting with My Family, but you didn't see it. I didn't see it yet, no. no. I can't believe you haven't seen that. Eh, it's not like... Pilot's not a page fan. Days, You're not a page I'm fan. I'm not a page okay. fan. Okay. Um, because I was, I was asking Pilot, like, about Paige because the movie kind of fails to tell you what Paige's ring persona was like. Sure. But uh, she had like yeah. a very quick sort of rise and then several injuries and is now retired, right? Sort of. It was pretty fast. Yeah. 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 Her ring persona was mostly just like being British and yelling, This is my house and wearing like awesome outfits, which, which is actually pretty good. To me, sounds good. This is my house, English. Like, yeah. I'm like signed, sealed, and delivered. Why would you care about that? <laughs> Let's play the box office game. Unless there's anything else you want to say. No, I think the end of the movie's nice. I mean, it is a little too pat in terms of solving everything. Yeah, that's uh, my problem. I do like that he is still kind of standoffish when he comes into the house, but is like trying to yeah, that's remember kind of to sweet. say nice things. They're like, yeah. oh, I like it. It's weird that they move the house into the factory. I like that. Though. I like that. It's a cool, shakers, the, the like salt, salt shakers thing, yeah. are cool. It's just, you know, what a nicer and house. And the final <laughs> Deep Roy reveal is great. Yes. Yes, that is amazing. Jeffrey Holder, a great voice. Uh, that yeah. I love. Um, I, don't I don't like when Charlie's shining his shoes. That upsets me for some reason. That he's got to work that job? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's a little weird. The only other thing that I hated about watching it is that I gave up candy for Lent, and then I watched oh, this yes. right after, Fuck. and it was so that. bad. I can't Sucked. believe you did that, Pilot. Yeah. That's a bold I a huge Pilot, Considering that you don't eat a lot of foods... Crazy that you gave up one of the foods. I know. Yeah, yeah, your food pyramid is only like three squares, and yeah. one of them is candy. And I also don't drink caffeine anymore. Fuck. Wow. What are you? What are you consuming right now? What What are you eating and drinking these days? Uh, water. Yeah, you have two water bottles in front I of do, you. Yeah, you've um, killed two. I bottles do of water. often put sugar in the water. Though, okay, so it's basically like Kool Aid. Sugar. Uh, and water. Uh, that's about it. Thank great. great. Yeah. You just drinking sugar water? Yep. Pilot is looking a little cockroachy these days. I don't, to, I don't know how to phrase this. You kind of look like there's a cockroach shoved in your skin. I've tweeted about And it's this. not fitting perfectly. But the greatest moment in my favorite, my favorite movie is Men in Black. I mean, 
I don't know. Top 10. You've referred to five movies as your favorite movie. It's in the top 10. Yeah. It's in the top 10. Yeah. And my favorite moment in the perfect movie, Men in Black, is when Tommy Lee Jones says, let her go, shit eater, while he's pointing a gun at Vincent D'Onofrio. And Will Smith just gives him this look of like, Jesus. (laughs) Like, and it's not brought up again. (laughs) It's so good. I I think I can let tell, her go, shit eater. I can tell the story because he told it publicly. Okay, uh, George Lucas show, uh, show I do on a monthly basis at the UCB Theater in New uh, York Wado City. Wado does that show. I don't know what you're talking. About. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, show that my good friend Wado does with his good friend George Lucas. Mm-hmm. That neither I nor Connor Ratliff have no involvement in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ed Solomon, uh, the writer uh, of Men in Black, co-writer Men in Black, and uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, uh, was on the show recently. And he uh, said that uh, when Tommy Lee Jones signed on to make the film and Will Smith came on much later, they were struggling to find someone to play the Will Smith part. They wanted David Schwimmer. <laughs> and then it was like Ethan That Hawk. is crazy. Crazy, right? Wow. Like no one wanted Will Smith. And then it was. What? One, it was one of those things where like then. They were know, like, talk me into Will Smith because Schwimmer is still at the top of the pyramid here. And then like Independence Day came out when they were like about to start. Right. Filming, and, and they, they had like, to convince Will Smith to do it. I think Will Smith yes. was kind of like another alien movie. Like, I don't know. Right. Yeah. But Tommy Lee Jones had been on board for a while and they were like, oh, this is great. Like he's like perfect casting. He must love the script. Yeah. And he asked uh, Ed Solomon and I'm forgetting his writing partner's name. Uh, to go out to uh, dinner with him. And they were like, great. He's going to want to like, you know, talk script with us. And he sits down and he's like, "Uh, so uh, the script doesn't work. And they were like, what are you talking about? And he's like, either it's a comedy or it's a sci-fi film. Right. It can't be both. You have to choose one asshole. Wow. And Tommy Lee Jones apparently said to him, you have to choose asshole. They're like, what are you doing? Like, we didn't choose. Right. And they were like, so what did Tommy Lee Jones do? And they were like, he was really angry for like the first month of filming. And then he finally kind of conceded that maybe it was working as a comedy. <laughs> it's a great comedy. But, but his total seriousness is crucial. And we course. talk about this all the time that Tommy Lee Jones can't give a bad performance because if he's locked in, he's giving a really smart performance of a grumpy man. And if he yeah. hates the movie, then he's just naturally being grumpy. Right. You said, and that was, that's on our, I believe, our Captain America Patreon episode. We talk about this. Uh, rocking the house. But he can't be bad. He rocks, rocks the house. the house. I rocked my entire couch to show how much he rocked the house. But in he that movie. hates Captain America. And we're like, he seems in so the movie, locked you mean. in. <laughs> right. I agree. No, but, in real life, he hates the performance. He hates the oh, he working hates on the, the film. He's like, yeah, And we're whatever. like, how could he hate it when he's right. this good? And right. it's like, because his but, like open contempt for the project right. he's working on reads has it's good right right. exactly where he's like fuck this yeah but in men and buck he has so many one-liners such as let her go shit eater but also like the thing where he's like see this this is gonna be the new cds i'm gonna have to buy the white album again which is like a really weird funny line like that he just tosses off totally flat like you know very he's like joking around with the uh the worms at the coffee counter Yeah, yeah, yeah and he's just like totally totally like what's the word it's not monotonal it's Go on, keep talking. He's sort of like off the cuff. Like yeah. he's very loose with Offhand, it. Offhand, yeah. I guess. Right, yeah. yeah. A matter of fact. Uh, matter of fact. Right. Thank that you. sort of stuff. But I wonder if it was just like the first three weeks were a wash where they could only get him delivering perfunctory dialogue. <laughs> sure. And thankfully those things added across the film the so that they don't where seem he weird. he always calls him either Mr. White or Mr. Yeah. Black. This is my partner, Mr. Black, and Will Smith always just gives him a look. There's so, that movie's perfect. But, oh, it's a perfect, it's film. a perfect but movie. Do you like Men like, in Black? Pilots? I do. I love okay. it. Yeah, <laughs> I love most Will Smith movies. Yeah. Also, right. Will Smith would have been a great Willy Wonka. Oh, he would have been a great. Willy Not Wonka. a bad idea because this is like he would have been a rapping era. throughout most of it. This is this is the same year. That would have been good. 
This is the same year as Hitch. Hitch is like a Valentine's Day Hitch movie. Hitch is so good. Yeah. Haven't seen Hitch in a while. Hitch is really good. Mendez, even Mendez? Yep. Yeah. Is Hitch the best romantic comedy of that decade? <laughs> It'd be funny if you're like, is Hitch the best film of all time? <laughs> Absolutely. I don't think Hitch is the best romantic comedy of that decade. I'm going to pump the brakes on okay. that. Okay. Well, I think it is. <laughs> okay. I think Hitch it is all right. my favorite. Well, we'll do Battle at Dawn. It's it, my favorite Will Smith movie of that year. Of that Of tw- 2005? I think Pursuit of Happiness might also be it a fiver. Yeah. So bad. Gets an Oscar nom for that. Uh, what about the fact that he does the Rubik's Cube really fast in the car? And that's why he gets the job or they whatever. They play the Christina Aguilera song. So you know what? It's 2006. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's how uh, it was the following year. <laughs> pretty sure they give you a Because he was one speech. of those once a year event guys. And it would yeah. always make 100 million. That was right. his, he was like in that sort of Tom Cruise, uh, Tom Hanks. He had like 20, uh, 100 million films in a row or something. No, Tom Hanks Wasn't had the longest many. run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was interrupted by the Ali, Bagger Vance back to back, which those two bombed. Yeah. Ali didn't bomb. Bagger Vance bombed. Ali just like underwhelmed relative Ali to budget. Cost. A lot of money. Lot of money. Look, money. We're never going to talk about it on this, uh, this podcast, so whatever. Who cares? Uh, Hitch rules. I remember uh, when I was in high school and uh, a couple of us were writing different top 10 of the year lists for the, the movies of the year. Sure. Uh, a guy told me that he was putting Hitch at his number one, and I was like, wow, I respect that. Like, that's like actually like- You had I, Hitch number one? No. Oh, okay. Another okay. guy who oh, was okay. doing another the top guy did. Okay. My number one was the fucking New World. <laughs> sure. Right. Right. But I Hitch was- Hitch is so much better. <laughs> not true. But Hitch is very close. Sure. Uh, uh, Hitch is not so much better. It's a little better. Um, I love the New World, but he was like, I'm putting num- Hitch as my number one movie. And I was like, wow, I kind of like, I, I like respect that. And then he was like, I was joking. <laughs> But I had really thought through it and I was like, you know what? Not a conventional pick. No one's putting on their list. But like you do have to kind of like game recognize game like Hitch fucks. Hitch is charming. <sighs> we'll talk about that when we do our Andy Tennant miniseries. Exactly. Well, well, good pull. All right. Number one at the box office. It's July 15, 2005. It's Charlie. And it makes like 55 million? 56. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's a big hit. Yeah. And I remember this very vividly because it dethroned my most hated movie of this year. Go ahead. It's number three. It's number three, so it dipped all the way down? Well, it, there was another big opener this week. Okay. So number three is the Fantastic Four, which had inexplicably opened to over $50 million the weekend before. I was convinced that movie was going to bomb, and it did weirdly fucking it's well. It's made $100 million in uh, two weeks. I, I hate that movie. Uh, you don't like it. No, it's my least favorite of the four Fantastic Four movies. Number two. Mm-hmm. The other big release. Uh, yeah. It's a comedy. It's a comedy. <sighs> Oh, is it Wedding Crashers? Yes. Right, because... Oh, right. I was trying to describe Wedding Crashers. No, because Charlie outgrosses it uh, the first weekend, and then Wedding Crashers moves up to number one in the following weekend. No, it doesn't. Weekend Um, three, it becomes number one? Maybe, let's see. I believe weekend three. Yes, weekend three, it does. Thank you. It creeps up there, and it ends up making more in total than Charlie. That's insane. Insane. That movie was such a big hit, and that movie sucks farts. How do you feel about Wedding Crashers pilot? I have only seen it the once, which I okay. assume was like when it came out. And I'm sure I loved it. And I'm right. sure if I watched it now, I'd hate it. That sounds right. It is. Just most movies in 2005, I think. I, had. I remember I saw it in theaters mm-hmm. whenever it came out because that's what I did. And I yeah. was like, that was funny. And I really liked Rachel McAdams. Yes. She's very She's good. So, so good. charming. Yeah. In it. She's very good. 
uh, where it was that sort of moment where you're like, is she the next Julia Roberts? Like, wait a second. Like, have we been sitting on something here? This was her crazy, like... Because it was at a year after Mean Girls where you're right. like, whoa. And no, because it, it was Mean Girls and Notebook or 2004. Right, right. Then 2005, she has Wedding Crashers, Red Eye. Love Red Eye. And oh, Family Red Stone, Eye. she's really good in as well. I yeah, know you love Family movie, Stone. but she's the She's best really good in it. Of course. But Family Stone is a movie I've seen at least 15 it's times. It's very watchable. <laughs> It's very. I don't think I've ever enjoyed it. (laughs) Yeah, no. But I've seen it. I mean, I enjoy the scene where Sarah Jessica Parker points at her skin to indicate a black person, and the whole family basically puts her on trial. (laughs) I mean, that's a good scene. It's one of the most hostile movies (laughs) ever made. (laughs) Oh, sorry for spiking that. That movie is like Mississippi Burning, (laughs) except at Christmas time. Um, oh, it's also a wife swapping movie. There's yeah. a lot going yes. on in the There's family. A lot going on in that it's just everyone's just so casual about it too. Just yeah. like, yeah, okay, fine. Yeah. We'll just accept this now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but Rachel McCown rules in it. Right. Everyone thought she was going to become Julia Roberts, and then she like disappears for two years and comes back with the lucky ones and um, time traveler's wife, which is like That's one of those later. endlessly right. reshooted. Uh, yeah. No. She, it takes her a while. Then she it felt failed like, to capitalize. It's true. It felt like did she miss her moment? And I feel like she's gotten back into a good pocket the last five years. Well, she or got so. her Oscar nomination. Thank God. She's so good. Love her. She rules. Should have been nominated for the hot chick. She's really good in that. Sure, yeah, right. Yeah. It's a Schneider movie. She's right really here. good in that. Number four is a film we've talked about on this podcast. Number four is a film we talked about on this podcast. Is it War of the Worlds? Every time you're getting them. I remember the this worlds. summer vividly. Me too. God, I've seen so many of these in theaters. Yeah, like, that's this all is I the, did in 2005. This this is, we summer. were all like in that where it's like, what the? F- what else are you going to do? You know? War like, of the Worlds also own on bootleg for my back. <laughs> There you go. When you're at this level of like... <laughs> Slightly better movie to get from a, a war. It has war in the title yeah. than um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Anyway, what was the other one? Did your dad like oh, autograph right. oh, it? Finding Neverland. Finding Neverland. Yeah. Did your dad autograph the, the DVD and say like, from one war to another? No. All the best. <laughs> that'd be weird. Yeah. That'd be a weird move. You think that'd be weird? <laughs> you, think, you think that would be a weird thing to do? War of the Worlds. Another movie with an unsatisfying ending. Yeah, which J.D. loves. Number five is another movie we've talked about on this podcast that I saw many times in theaters. Bartman Begins. It's a big summer. You've also got Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I saw that in theaters. Yeah. yeah. You got Dark Water. Darkest Water There Is. It's a wet horror movie. Is that Jennifer Connelly? That's right. Jennifer uh, Connelly in a haunted water tower. Is that like haunted. also on bootleg? <laughs> Let's keep going. Yeah. How many of these did you put? Herbie fully loaded? Because so. Basically Lindsay most Lohan's from tits. like 2005, 2007 I like got. I just I just love thinking about the Disney pitch meeting where they're like, it's a reference to her boobs. And the guy's like, yeah. But then mm-hmm. they digitally mm-hmm. trim them down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because wow. the parents were freaking out of the advertising. I almost um, watched that yesterday because it like, came up on Hulu after Talking Chocolate Factory. Keaton's in it. Keaton's like, in it. He's really good in that. That movie's not. Have bad. you seen Documentary Now this year? Yes. Keaton's really good in the Batshit Valley episode. I haven't watched those two. Yeah. I've watched the, the co-op. And I've watched, watched uh, the Marina Brown yeah, 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 one. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what was I going to say? I'm going to tell a story that probably embarrassed her. But um, uh, uh, Angela Robinson, who uh, directed Herbie Fully Loaded. You like embarrassed was... Angela Robinson? No. <laughs> the director of Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman. Right. Wonder she Woman. also directed Debs, which is a very yes. fun movie. Ooh, Debs is so good. Yes. Debs rules. Seminal. She, she got uh, Herbie Fully Loaded off of uh, Debs. Because she started getting general meetings and she's like, I want to make a Disney movie. Like, what I'd love to do is make a Herbie movie. Herbie would have been so much better if it was so much gayer. Yes. Right. Yes. So Debs is very gay. It's a very fun movie. 
she was an NYU graduate. My father uh, uh, works at NYU. So she was like a big like point of pride student at that point in time where it's like, look, she made this like indie gay comedy and now she's making a huge Disney film, right? This episode's so long. <laughs> Sorry. It's fine. No, no, keep going. I like it. I like uh, it. Romley is like, you know, <laughs> uh, six or seven at this point in time. Oh, this is embarrassing Romley. Yes. Okay, here we go. Uh, so my dad uh, takes her to see uh, Herbie Fully Loaded, which she's amped to see because she's all in on Lohan at this point. Sure. Um, but they uh, end up missing the first 10 minutes of the movie, if not more, okay. because it was the, the Day of the Gay Pride Parade. Okay. Okay. Uh, so you mean just a traffic issue or? My parents lived right on Fifth Avenue. Sure. Right. So it was hard to get around, even just walking, crossing the street to get to the theater. Yeah. My family's not very punctual. You might not believe that. Right. Uh, so they were late and they missed the beginning of the movie. And uh, Romley, uh, at a young age trying to process things, right. announced, I hate gay people. For costing her the first 10 minutes of Herbie fully loaded. Like a very serious, like <laughs> six or seven year old, like, I hate gay people. And we had to sit her down and be like, no, no. Actually, <laughs> right. the director of the film is gay. So you would not even have this movie. Wow. That's how you just sort of taught her, like, to bring it full circle. <laughs> That's how we taught her tolerance. And Peter Farrelly has optioned the rights to make that into his next movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of a good story. Kind of. That's one of the better <laughs> stories you've ever told. Because oh I saw her God. actually doing the math in her head. <laughs> right. Right. They, they what are these gay people contributing? Loaded, but there they wouldn't even be a Herbie fully loaded. I can't. I missed my movie. I want to see Winsy Wohan. Uh, yes. And then, and then we were like, you know, director of the film. No, we, we, we got it. We're, we're done. And at the end story. of the movie... Romley invites Angela Robinson over for dinner right. and the whole family cheers on Christmas Eve. Uh, Green Book. Um, uh, anything else in the box office? <sighs> Bewitched. Bewitched. Saw that. Madagascar. I'm looking for bootlegs here. March oh, of yeah. the Penguins. Bewitched I did have. Uh, Madagascar I did not. Uh, Rebound with Martin Lawrence. Yeah. No. Where he's like a basketball yeah. coach. Yeah. yeah, don't say no. no yeah. I did have it on bootleg, but I love that movie. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I love all my yes. Of course. Yes. Right. Uh, Longest Yard. Yes. Crash. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, me and you and everyone we know that must have been bootlegged. Uh, God. <laughs> uh, monster in law. Right. Miranda July's there. <laughs> um. Oh boy. You know, I I spent uh, uh I just got back from like a, a week in L.A. You were in Law. I was in La La Land, and and here's the thing. I just had this thought. I was in the back of a, a lift, and I thought to myself. You know, uh, all the people in this city, they're in their little uh, uh, metal boxes, uh, so separated. Sometimes it feels like they uh, crash into each other just, just to, to feel, feel something. something. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Uh, I made that joke to my girlfriend uh, 12 times. Interesting. And she married me just so that she could divorce me. <laughs> <laughs> you she, had to go to Nevada? I kept setting it up earnestly like it was an actual realization I'd had. And uh, I've now been divorced five times. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. On your five marriage. It is weird, though, that in L.A. it feels like the people are so distant and separate from each other that sometimes they have to crash into each other just to feel something. Ben, final thoughts? Hmm. Final thoughts on this movie. Um, I think that the fact that it sort of is setting up that the candy is growing. Mm -hmm. Like 
it's a tree that grows a can a candy tree that grows a grandy apple. Yeah, that's cool. That's All my right. final thought. Good. I mean, this is this is a big like pepinous step movie, and and he's got the juice of Johnny Depp being an A list movie star now because this is only the fourth time they've worked together, and then they do four more movies together. Four, you know? Is it? Just, yeah, I guess if you count Corpse Bride, it's four. Right, because you yeah. go across the nineties, it's three. You yeah, know, I know, I know, and it's Charlie, sporadic. Yeah. Right, then they're all like. And then it's just right. He's in everything. He's in everything. And then Dark Shadows is the last one. Right. Yeah. Um, but this is the movie. Like you go, like Mars attacks underperforms. Big Fish does, okay, Planet of the Apes makes a lot of money, but everyone hates it. Right. This is like his first sort of like, okay, he's like safely on third movie, if not a total home run. It's a big grocer. One last thought. Um, I don't usually like nerds, but I like nerds, the candy. <laughs> That's a great thought. I loved nerds when I was a kid. You know what nerds are? Are sugar. <laughs> that's yeah. it. But they're in little compartments. I know, but that thing was like, let's have candy. What's the candy? Sugar? Pebbles. Like, just pellets of sugar? Right, right. We need something. Okay, there's two kinds, and it's divided. Isn't that weird that Nestle dropped all the Wonka branding? They still have the rights, and they've just taken it away. I don't know. Maybe they're waiting for, like, an ideal moment to relaunch. Oh, well, we should mention this. Warner Brothers is threatening to make another movie. Yes. They yes. have a script that I believe Simon Rich wrote. That's a Wonka prequel about young Wonka and uh-huh. how he built the factory. A movie that I think no one wants to see. I would rather see The Glass Elevator. 100%. Right. That book is crazy. Yeah. Has aliens that look like turnips called Vermicious Nids. Now, Warner Brothers... Has, like, the president in it. And, like, the president's nurse is, like, the secret president. There's right. a lot going on in that one. Uh, I think... Uh, Paramount back in the day tried to make the sequel with Gene Wilder. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, Doll said Doll no. Estate wouldn't yeah. give it. And then Warner Brothers, also, they were like, we won't let you do that. You'd have to prove to us that you can make a good Charlie first. Yeah. Um, it's kind of surprising they never made it. Yeah. I'm guessing just Depp and Burton weren't interested and that they wouldn't do it yeah, without them. Yeah, they're probably, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Wonka prequel feels like a weird idea. Yeah. They're saying they want Ryan Gosling or Don Glover to do it, which I'm sure everyone's saying they want Ryan Gosling or Don Glover to do anything. Ryan Gosling would be a bizarre choice. He'd be very Donald creepy. Glover, sure. He'd I, mean, be very, I would love Donald. I love yeah. the idea of Donald Glover growing up to become Johnny Depp. <laughs> Me too. Well, like Teddy and, Perkins. And explaining it, exactly. Right. Like, being like, we're going to explain how I'm going to turn The movie should Johnny end Depp. with him coming out of surgery with, like, ghastly Johnny Depp prosthetics. <laughs> right. yeah. And he's that like, would, I'm ready for my factory. That would make the Michael Jackson thing work. I was going to say. Teddy Perkins, baby. Um, but there is one other adaptation of this material. Do you know this? That Warner Brothers has released another film uh, based on this uh, book. Is it like the Hero of Color City or something? No, Warner Brothers has released. And I think it was probably an Ashcan thing just to retain the rights. Yeah. That's my guess. Uh-huh. Uh, Tom and Jerry go to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Or it's like Tom and Jerry meet Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. They made an 86-minute film. That is a direct remake of the Gene Wilder film. The designs of the kids, the costumes, the they look factory, like the Gene Wilder, exactly Oompa the same. Loompas, the yeah. cartoon character of Gene Wilder looks like this him. one's seventy nine minutes long, so two minutes longer than Stuart Little too. It has all the songs in it, mm-hmm. and the premise is that Charlie and the uh, Tom and Jerry are fighting over a chocolate bar. Yeah. Then Charlie saves them, and then they just follow him along into the factory. And then once they get into the factory, they meet a small Oompa Loompa mouse. Have you seen this film? I, I read the full Wikipedia <laughs> entry last night. It is nightmarish. It is so weird. Look up any clips of it. It's a fucking nightmare. I am all but certain they made this to retain rights. Because they've had this weird direct-to-video series of Tom and Jerry films in which Tom and Jerry don't fight with each other and they invade other IP. So they did like Tom and Jerry Wizard of Oz 
and Tom and Jerry, uh, Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. And in all of them, they don't play the roles. It's not like Muppet Treasure Island. It's like Tom and Jerry just happen to be the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern uh, you know, I, I off it. to the right. side of some other yeah. literary work. This is literally just the Gene Wilder one. There's the bubble room. The exact same songs. Yeah. Okay. Except Slugworth is apparently like the third lead. Slug- Slugworth has two songs in it. <sighs> we have to be done. How long is this episode for? <laughs> two and a half hours. Jesus Christ. Okay. Two hours, man. I didn't know we were going for that long. How could I know? We need to give you a big clock. <laughs> oh, shit. I got to get out of here. Thank you all for listening. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Uh, thanks as always to Andrew Gudo for social media, uh, uh, Joe, Joe Bowen, Pat Reynolds for our artwork, Liam Montgomery for our theme song. Uh, go to uh, uh, blankies.reddit.com uh, for some real nerdy shit. Go to Public for some real nerdy shirts. Uh, uh, go to uh, the fucking Patreon and subscribe to that. You'll get more content like uh, Tommy Lee Jones rocking the house. Uh, Pilot, any final thoughts? Anything to plug? No. Uh, pilot rules. <laughs> Pilot's the best. Uh, follow Pilot on uh, everything. Uh, follow all of Pilot's work. Uh, thank you for making David and I better friends. Uh, uh, and as always, uh, I just realized I, uh, I have a job in five minutes. You're the one who moved the time. I know, because I thought we'd be done by now. <laughs>